Cleveland! This is for you! Talking about balls. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Talking About Balls. I am Justin George, joined as always by Kyle Price via remote live. Just got done cranking it and eating chicken wings in his hotel room. Made him sound a little robotic. And from what I hear, that's what happens every time after he ejaculates. And we also have Timbuk2 in the fucking building. He is in person. I like to correct you. I, I jerked it and ate smoked salmon. So there's a difference. Okay. At least you didn't jerk it and then smoke salmon yourself. That would have been a little <laughs> more interesting in a hotel room. But uh, Hey, they do things differently out here in Fort Wayne. So it's okay. Absolutely. I don't judge. I don't judge other cultures. Life goes on. Um, anyway, we are live. We are in Studio number two, we are not at Lucy's today, which that was awesome. I want to quickly start to show off by thanking Lucy's, uh, thanking Dave, everyone at Redline Radio for getting that together. Tim and his hard work with Lee, we were putting the setup together, taking it down. It was awesome. I'm uh, happy to go back. I had a great time. I don't know about you guys. What was your thoughts? I had a great time. I Honestly, they were very gracious. I think we caught them off guard a little bit with the amount of people we had show up, which is great. Shout out to all of our friends and family who were there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing to kind of fill the place up a little bit there, but they were very gracious, very supportive, and it was an amazing place. I think it's fit to have a podcast there. I, I, I can't wait to go back in two months. I agree. I had a great time. The stage was perfect. Uh, thank you again, like you said, to everybody that showed up, friends, family, Redline Radio family for showing up. Um, yeah, the owner actually came up to me afterwards, and he, he apologized. He said that we overwhelmed them. They weren't expecting that kind of crowd, so that's what talking about balls and Redline Radio does. We overwhelm. We, uh, we come out in masses. We show up. We put up big numbers. That's what we do. Our so we balls are, are overwhelming, which is good. Honored so. to be at Lucy's, and hopefully we can be back. Two months, I think, was the uh, the rumor. Yeah, I, d- I think December. We're doing a uh, we're doing a Christmas special. Yeah, I think that, that's true. Coming. Yeah, Kyle's dressing up as Santa, and we're going to give out kids uh, toys to kids and stuff like that. Should be a good time. Um, but for the time being, since we won't be there for another two months, Lucy's Seafood and Shenanigans. Uh, shenanigans seafood and steakhouse i'm sorry they're located at 2218 broadview road cleveland ohio this is an ad read by the way kyle uh cleveland ohio united states 44109 uh michelle and staff at lucy's are always committed to giving their guests the best experiences join them every friday night for karaoke and of course all your hometown sports games contact them today 216-675-0013 i feel like we i feel like we need like a sing signal like they're gonna go to an ad read like uh, pinch the ear like do the nose thing so i know no i like to do it without you having any idea it's coming are we just going to keep going with the ad reads this early or what? I mean, yeah. So since Kyle's running this ad read down in the drain, it's getting really clogged <laughs> up. You know what you do when you have a clogged drain? You call Smith's Drain Service, LLC. Smith's Drain Service is your local drain cleaning experts, specializing in main sewer lines, bathtub and laundry lines, septic lines, kitchen lines, and floor drains, and so much more. Family owned and operated. You can call Smith's Drain Service at 440-242-8704. Man, I really have to set you up for all that good stuff. You know what, what was a horrible setup for me today is I walked into a new office out here in Fort Wayne. And it's still under construction, and it's not done. It's been going on for two months. You know what I told those guys? I said, if you would have called Wiggins and had him drive all the way out here to Fort Wayne, they would have taken care of this for you. Wiggins Construction Home Improvement, they get stuff done on time. They take care of your bathrooms, the kitchens, your windows, door siding, office space, commercial, residential. They took care of the office that Justin's sitting in right now. Um, call Will today at 440-731-7654. Tell him that Team Redline sent you. As Kyle said, I am at a studio that they put together. And the studio is, of course, Growing Wings Adult Services, the official state-of-the-art sponsor of Studio Number 2. Growing Wings Adult Services has over seven years of experience taking care of adults with disabilities. For more information, call Lisa, 
7547. I have zero transition to this, but I will tell you that when I came into my hotel room, the trash can was still filled with whoever stayed here before me. So I wasn't very, very happy about that. But if I would just called Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning, they probably would have come out and cleaned this small trash can, you know, because they're that good. Um, but if you have some bigger trash cans, recycle bins you want taken care of, give them a call today. They're the official hotline sponsor of Studio 2, FYI, in case you guys want to call in tonight and, and talk to us about anything. Uh, trash bin cleaning and pressure washing, they take care of all your stuff you need. Give Fitz Trash Bin Cleaning a call today at 440-752-1533. And mention Redline Radio while you book a service, and you'll take 10%, 10 off your first service. Can't beat that. Uh, one thing that I can't beat right now is our football poll, our picking, and I am getting my ass kicked. I'm down by six. Loser, of course, gets a tattoo, and that tattoo is more than likely going to be done at Tattoo Therapy, Inc. here in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. They're the official tattoo parlor of Redline Radio and Money's Crazy Mine. Riley Chase and the team are considered some of the most elite tattoo artists in North Northeast Ohio. Uh, they customize in every tattoo to fit the client's needs. Uh, they'll take the time to bring your idea to life. Custom artists that put clients' needs first. Free consultation to ensure you're on the same page with your artist. Can't ask for more than that. As a guy with a bunch of tattoos, having an artist that's flexible, that's willing to work with you, it's a tremendous, tremendous help. Give them a call at 440-747-7130 in the Greenbrier Shopping Center. Tell them Redline Radio sent you. And uh, they have a remote coming up. We Yeah, they do. I think it's next. Is it next month? Next Friday, I think, right? Next Friday. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, Lee, Lex, and Grape at the and and Lee's supposed to be getting tattooed during the show or something like that. I think I believe so. All right, yeah, check that out next Friday night. Another remote, everybody. What's Lee getting tattooed? Do we know? I think they're talking about Ball's logo, if I'm not mistaken. I like that. That's that's impressive. He finally just decided he'd accept what the superior show is and said he's going to get it tattooed on his body so he can look at it every day for inspiration to be better. And I, I, I appreciate it. It's an honor to me. I, I think so. And if Lee doesn't want to get a tattoo, we can make a T-shirt for him that says, talking about balls, best show ever. And I know somebody that can do it for him. It's incredible keepsakes. They'll make all your T-shirts, cups, whatever you want done for them. They'll do it for you. Um, they do uh, T-shirts, cups, binders, keychains, you name it. They'll make it for you. Give uh, Diane a call over at Incredible Keepsakes at 440-242-9648. As Diane would say, cherished moments are made to last forever, like uh, we're the best show on Redline that I need Lee to wear that shirt around sometime. I agree with that. And not only is he getting the Talking About Balls logo on one arm to remind himself of the Superior Show, he's getting a portrait of Tim tattooed on the other arm because he's going to look down and realize he needs to step up his production game. He needs to get on another level. Because that's what the table. Best producer at Redline Radio voted by uh, unanimously by Talking About Balls. I think that's impressive. That's a good honor to have. It's, well, it's the only honor to really care about. Thank you. Know? Thank you. All right. With that being said, it, let's get into the show. I just like to kind of fuck with Kyle, and he has, he has no idea when the ad reads are going to come. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it there. I had another segue planned later, but I was like, let's just start it off. Because I can tell you're, you're kind of relaxed. You're in your hotel room. You definitely weren't expecting it. So I'm like, I'm going to take advantage of that. So that's what I do. I appreciate it. Keep me on my toes. I like that. That's what I do here. All right. The Cleveland Guardians beat the Tampa Bay Rays in a historical, historical game on Saturday, which, of course, I was at. It was exciting. It was long. My fucking feet were tired. They stopped selling beer in the seventh inning. I had to basically watch two games and sober up entirely. But it was the longest scoreless uh, playoff game in history, if I'm not mistaken. So very well, exciting. They, the, they had the shortest game the, the day before, didn't they, in history? And then they come out and have the longest one? 
was it the shortest? I, I knew it was close. I, I believe so. It's one of the shortest playoff games ever because it's two bad. hours. You're right under two hours. Good evening. I love you, Lisa. That's not a bad idea, too. Yeah, Lee's gonna get a he's gonna get a fake watch that has seven o'clock on it, so he knows when Steel City Renegade starts <laughs> late. <laughs> He'll still be late though. It's fine. Yeah, because he would look at it and be like, I don't know. I thought it was seven already. I don't, I don't know. He's ten hours early. Just doesn't even understand how the sun works either. Poorly. Poorly. <laughs> All right. But anyway, yeah, the Guardians did win walk-off home run Oscar Gonzalez in the bottom of the 15th inning. Uh, great game. Great pitching duel. Defensive gem. Jose Ramirez with some huge plays. Just a fantastic game to be at. Um, overall, though, sorry, Guardians fans. Hate to say I told you so. Last night is playing right into my hand where I said the Guardians can beat the Rays, but they struggle against every other team. Sure as shit. 2-0 against the Rays. 1-0 against another team. I know it's early, but... What are your thoughts, Kyle? So this is what sucks is that I, I thought we had the pitching to get by and, and slow down their ha- their bats. We did for two innings. Um, I just they're just a power hitting team, man. I mean, they rely on the long ball, but they get a hold of one. It's I mean, we're fucked. And, and yet again, what happened what, ha- what happened yesterday? We put we put people on base again and we couldn't bring them home. And and of all we people, Quad had to hit the home run. So yeah. Um I mean I look at it, yes, it's game one. We had our, we're obviously running a three-man rotation here in the playoffs right now with Cal Quantrill as our third. Cal Quantrill got the start in game one against the Yankees ace, held his own. I mean, I'll give Cal Quantrill credit. Uh, that's such a tongue twister to say. Cal Quantrill Cal credit. Quantrill, yeah. Um, but I, I give him credit. He held his own against Garrett Cole. Uh, Tito pulled him a little too late, in my opinion. But, I mean, I don't live in hindsight. I'm not one of those kinds of guys. Uh, I only report on fact. If he pulled him early, do we still lose the game? I really don't know. So I'm not going to sit here and argue because that's the big thing that like Kevin Stefanski haters love to do is they're, they're, they're in hindsight. Uh, really, Cleveland sports fans in general like to live in hindsight. And of course, after the game, some people are saying Tito left Cal out there a little too long, this and that. But again, who really knows what would have happened? I think the Yankees were going to beat us regardless. I don't think bringing in Trevor Steffen in inning early uh, earlier would have really changed anything personally, but we'll never know. Uh, but yeah, they lose four to one game one against the Yankees in a series where I predicted that we wouldn't stand a chance because I think their offense is going to be a little too overwhelming for us. We can't keep up. Um, like you said, Stephen Kwan got us our lone run yesterday. Bases loaded, couldn't score, had bases loaded, couldn't score against the Rays. Clearly, the offense is, sl- is struggling right now. Aside from Oscar Gonzalez's home run, um, I was listening to a show today and I believe it was, I forgot exactly who it was. It was like uh, Gonzalez. Uh, hedges. There was like three or four players combined that were like 0 for 17 yesterday with like 12 strikeouts. Not not good. Um, the Guardians couldn't do anything offensively. Stephen Kwan had that one shot, and that was pretty much it. Uh, Garrett Cole commanded the game. Their bullpen came in, which is not very great, and we still struggled because Garrett Cole was up to like 100 pitches in the sixth inning, I think. They had to pull him kind of early, and it didn't matter. Guardians couldn't do anything. Um, one run. You're not going to beat teams with one run in the playoffs unless it's the Rays because the Yankees actually know how to score runs. Yeah, and I mean, Garrett Cole's an innings eater, so they expect him to give up a home run or two. That's just what, what happens when he pitches. Um, so they were okay with that. They just have to hope that their their bats are a little more warmer than ours, and it's true. I mean, our, our players are getting the hits. They're not power hits. They're singles. They're getting walks. I mean, they're getting on base, but 
we, we just can't get the players over the players in, which is going to kill us. I mean, the Yankees are gettable. The Yankees are a team we could beat. I mean, realistically, our pitching should be able to hold its own, at least, you know, with our rotation. But I, that losing that one yesterday kind of puts it puts a lot of doubt in my mind. I don't I don't see it really going in our way. Hopefully I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, going into the playoffs and even before the playoffs started, how I was down on the Guardians so much. Um, I was truthful, though. I always said, I'm like, this Guardians team's fun to watch, but they can only beat bad teams. And then, lo and behold, I mean, we beat the Rays. I'm not taking that away from them. But the Rays are probably the worst playoff team we could have faced. We got lucky. That was that was the best case scenario for the Guardians, was to either get a bye, which wasn't happening, or to face the Rays. We got lucky. We faced the Rays. A two-run home run by Jose Ramirez won us the game on Friday. Otherwise, we weren't doing anything. We couldn't score. We weren't hitting that well. Saturday, same thing. They weren't scoring. They weren't hitting that well. Till luckily, Oscar Gonzalez saved the day in the 15th inning. But it just shows you they're struggling right now. They can't score. They're not getting guys home. They're not hitting with runners in scoring position. You're not winning in the playoffs with that, with that type of uh, game set going on. There's just no way you're competing with the New York Yankees by trying to play small ball. And on top of it, everybody seems to be slumping. I'm just waiting for someone to comment your hate on the Guardians. Um, it, it happens all the time. You're not allowed to be a fan if you don't remember. Um, oh, yeah. But, I had uh, people who were like, <laughs> they, won, they were like, oh, you look, you don't know what you're talking about. You said they would lose to the Rays. I'm like, yeah, I picked against them. But also, I, like, again, I, I don't think the people have fully understood that my hatred of the Guardians was strictly to hopefully motivate them because when I talk shit, they win. Didn't work yesterday. I think just the cream rose to the top in that uh, Yankees game. And they didn't, they didn't have time to listen to our show. Normally they do. Normally they listen and, and see what happens. But yeah, they didn't get a chance to. Well, if they listen tonight before tomorrow, you guys fucking sucked. Oscar <laughs> Gonzalez, you hit one home run on Saturday. You're not a fucking legend all of a sudden. He oh, went those out, errors in the outfield he had too. He played like shit. He committed errors. He couldn't hit a, he couldn't hit fucking water if he jumped off a boat. He's got a big head. He's in, he's in New York. He thinks he's the king. And he got fucking embarrassed on national TV, his first big playoff game, because I don't consider the Rays game a huge moment for anybody. I mean, it's a wild card series against an okay team. Um, but yeah, the, the whole team looked like shit. They couldn't hit. They looked scared. The lights looked a little too bright for this young team. And, uh, you know, unless the, the bats all wake up, unless they have some Joe Boo magic in the dugout or in the locker room, they're not going to do shit. They're not beating the Yankees. It's the best of five series. You go down like that, four to one. Again, Stephen Kwan, our entire offense yesterday, that's embarrassing. The guy hit like eight home runs all year. Well, I mean, you as a lefty probably could have put it out in Yankee Stadium because that le- that's a very gettable um, porch over there. Well, we had um, other guys left, and they couldn't do shit. So <laughs> I'm looking at you, uh, uh, Andre Simenez. <laughs> But here's the thing, too, is like, I, I mean, I'm glad that we didn't play Seattle. I think Seattle would have fucking waterboated us out, off that out of that first round. I mean, look how well they played against Toronto. And they almost took the, they took Houston out almost last night. It wasn't for that last, you know, last inning heroics. But I mean, Jesus, we're lucky to be in the second round. I hope they yeah. win a game or two just to make it seem like, okay, we're in it. We're, we, we belong here. I don't want to sweep. Let's, uh, let's change the schedule up a little bit on how we were going to do this. Let's do the, the playoff breakdown right now. If that's okay, Tim, if you could pull yeah. up that pretty good picture when you get a chance, but we'll just roll into it. Um, that's us peeling back the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. That's how we do it. Uh, but let's do that. Let's talk about that. So we had, obviously, round one was exciting. Wild card weekend. We had the San Diego Padres upset the Mets in three games. The only series that actually had to go to three. The other ones were, were sweeps. Uh, as Kyle mentioned, you had the Seattle Mariners who just put a fucking shellacking on the Toronto Blue Jays. That was a 
The one thing I've taken away, though, from Seattle personally is that they give up a shitload of runs. They gave up a lot of runs against the Blue Jays. They gave up a lot of runs yesterday to the Astros en route to blowing a fucking huge lead they had in that game. So that shows me that, like, as Kyle said, yes, the Mariners seem scary when you look at what they're doing offensively. But when I look at what they're doing defensively and and pitching-wise, I think the Guardians wouldn't have been able to keep up with that because I think our pitchers can slow their bats down. If their pitchers are that bad, we're going to fucking tee off on that because we're a really good hitting team. We don't strike out. So I actually think we would have been okay against the Mariners. I'm not really too afraid of them. Um, And I, hand to God, before they blew that game last night with the walk-off home run for the uh, Astros, my buddy that's the Seahawks or the Seattle fan, we were texting about the game and I said, you know, I thought the Mariners were going to win that one. They were up to like eight. They were up eight, five, I think when I texted him. So I said, he, he was all excited. I'm like, you know, the one thing I'm taking away from this is if the Guardians end up having to face the Mariners in the next round, the Mariners give up a lot of runs. I was really excited about that. And then about 10 minutes later, they gave up a fucking walk off three run home run and lost the game. <laughs> they gave up too many runs, but they do know how to give up runs. And I was excited about that. Um, same thing, though, can be said for the Astros. It's, it's weird to see the Astros give up that kind of an offensive display that the Mariners gave them, especially with the Verlander, their ace, the guy who's probably going to win the American League Cy Young, just gets shelled in his first playoff game. Was it too long of a break, do you think, because they had the bye, or do you think that Seattle's just that good of an offense? I think Seattle just has a surprisingly good offense. I mean, they have good bats. I mean, they they handle this in the normal, in the regular season pretty well. I mean, they they scored against us heavily. But I mean, I think that uh, I think also I, I know Verlander is probably going to win to Cy Young, but he's I mean, dude, what he's getting old. He's he's older than me. Um, I see a lot of people that you know, this is all alleged. We're not accusing anybody of anything, but a lot of people are saying, you know, Verlander all of a sudden must have found that Albert Pujols found a youth because all of a sudden his he's stepping his game up a little bit. I don't understand how that happens. The you're not supposed to get better as you get older. Look at Tom Brady. Look at Albert Pujols, who announces retirement and then has one of his best home run years in a decade. Justin Verlander getting older. Now all of a sudden he's the best pitcher in baseball. Spin rotations up. What's going on in Houston? Is there some cheating, little trickery going on down there again? Yeah, I, think- I, 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 I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, I, did, no one's accused him this year. No one said anything. I haven't heard any kind of accusations like you said. Um, you heard him here. Right. You heard him. I'm oh. starting rumors. Fuck him. I like it. Yeah, I mean, he's gotten some nice um, some nice uh, outings this year, some surprising outings, and he's been having to change the ball a lot, too. If you notice that, someone had a YouTube video up where he he, he changes the ball more with the ump than anybody else out there. So uh, it's a little, little sketchy. Definitely. Yeah, I don't trust anything when it comes to the Houston Astros. I know they did the weakest fucking disciplinary thing I've ever seen in any sport ever for something so egregious as what the Astros did. Uh just embarrassing by Major League Baseball, but I know they fired some of the people in the exec in, in the office. They fired the, the manager, etc. But there still could be some shady shit going on, and I'm not putting it past the Astros at all. I feel like they're just going to consistently be linked as a cheating team, and I'm never going to let them hear the end of it myself. What was their punishment? Was it was it picks? Was it money? Was it both of those things, or what was it? Um, I truly don't remember. I think it was. I think it was monetary. I think, and then. They just fired everybody, basically, and then the uh, cost. So, so nothing. Yeah. Carlos Beltran got hired, but they fired him because he was linked to the thing with the Mets. So before he ever managed a game or something like that, I think they fired him. Uh, it, it was just, it was, it was fucking complete horseshit. I mean, there wasn't even a scapegoat. Like with this Tua thing, at least then they're trying to. They they fired the, the independent doctor or whatever because he made a bad choice with Tua. So at least they held somebody accountable, albeit a total scapegoat. 
in this, they just fired a couple guys who are able to just go on and find other jobs in Major League Baseball. So it didn't even fucking matter. COVID was its greatest success down there because COVID hit the year after this took place and nobody had the chance to like bust their balls all year because there's empty stadiums. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, again, Houston Astros just get it off, get off easy. It's fucking annoying. I hate that franchise. I was really excited for the Mariners to beat their ass yesterday. And then they choke. Um, They choke like the Mets did in the playoffs and in the regular season, they choke like the Cardinals did in the playoffs. Uh, But the Phillies, Let's talk about the Phillies for a quick second here. Came in hot. Eliminated, swept the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, put an end to Albert Pujols' career in two quick games. And Game one, my God. Wow. Now they're up. I mean, that was an epic collapse by the by the uh, Cardinals. And then game one against the Braves, we got a Philadelphia winner. Who saw that coming? I didn't. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I mean, I think Braves were heavily favored against that team. Um, I know a certain fan of the show was not very happy either, but, you know, not mentioning any names. I just looked at my board. Uh, I think yours is the same because the only difference we had were the Guardians, essentially. But except for the Guardians, I had every pick wrong for the uh, wild card. So that's exciting for me. That shows you how my <laughs> year is going with my picks. It's not, I just, I'm looking at it now. I hadn't looked at it since last week, and I X'd off the teams that lost. And I'm like, holy shit, every one of them. All right, that's a good start. I'm starting to think you're just throwing the season because you felt bad for me for the last couple of years here. I'm starting to believe that theory now. Yeah, I mean that's why I'm making the uh, the punishments lesser and less because I'm like I got to give him a couple, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna torture myself. You know, I know the like a tattoo. I have a million of them, so it's like whatever. I, know. I don't care. I, I sense like, it. Karaoke. What, what do I care? I'll sing. I, I'll stand on a stage anywhere. Although I forgot to mention this, Kyle and I did make before the Guardians game ended. We we made an agreement to keep this fun for everybody. I forgot to put. I should, probably should have started with this. Um, uh, we're not going to do straight up points. We're going to do like we did with the NBA finals, where if you get to the end, uh, you get a bonus point for being able to pick how many games is the world series goes. So we're going to do that as a bonus point. So best case I'm singing alone. Worst case we're singing a duet because we could tie in points. So that's what we agreed upon, uh, behind the scenes. But again, just to keep it fun, we don't want the whole thing to be over with right now. What's the point of doing the picks? If literally the first two days happen and it's like, all right, it's over. That kind of ends the fun. So I've got an amazing Sonny and Cher song picked out for us if we have to sing a duet. So. I got you, babe. Exactly. I know my Sonny and Cher. <laughs> Came to the conclusion that you know you're winning now because of because I'm here now. Yeah, Tim's blaming himself for me having an off year with my picks, and I'm starting to think that that's the case as well. I can't. When we're doing the show, I'm so I'm so worried about Tim to make sure he's we're keeping him entertained. We're having a good time. <laughs> We have everything going. I have an audience. I have a live audience member now, so I'm thinking about him. Gosh, these excuses. Hey, I'm just saying. I I don't have the luxury of sitting in a quiet, peaceful hotel room right right now. I have the bright lights on me. I am the entertainment. I am in studio. This is killer. This is going to affect my picks. That's just how it is. Okay, we'll see if I go up another two games this week. I knew if that's the unlikely. I think I'm ready to make the big comeback here. I think it'll be really exciting. I let Kyle get really big for his britches, and now I'm going to go ahead and put him back in his place, Tim. I think that's going to be this week. Um, in honor of that, if you're okay with it, Kyle, I'll, I'll start it now. I didn't, I didn't preface with anybody. This has not been worked out. You get to make all your picks first and I will counter off of yours. Wow. Is that how we're doing it this week? We're just going to throw it out there huh? Up to you. I'm not going to make every pick opposite, but I'd like to hear your pick first. And then if I'm 50, 50, I'll pick the opposite just to see what happens. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. I'll allow this one week and one week only. I'm okay, okay. with that this week. All right. Let's see what happens. When we get to picks, that's way down the line, obviously. But you heard it here, everybody. Changing things up a little bit. We like to keep things spicy. We don't want to be repetitive and redundant on the show. We want to spice it up a little bit. That's what we do. 
this could be very, very drastic. It could, but I honestly, I didn't even really look at the schedule. I'm actually, I have week five up right now. I'm looking at the old scores. So I don't even know how many 50-50 games there's going to be. I know like tomorrow night is a 50-50 game, in my opinion. I don't know who the fuck I would take out of Washington and uh, whatever other shitty team they're playing, uh, the Bears. Like that's a, that's a 50-50 game, I would say. Talk about bad, bad back-to-back Thursday night football games too. That's why I'm really happy that the Guardians game's on because I'm like, fuck that football game. I don't want to watch it anyway, so I'm really happy. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, as we talked about, that was wild card round. We are done with that. San Diego and L.A., the Dodgers look like a dominant team. I mean, they just they made San Diego look like a little child that's you know trying to play in the big leagues for the first time. They, they dominated with ease. Uh, Philadelphia handled Atlanta. As Adam said, Chipper was pissed. That makes me really happy to know that. Fuck Atlanta. They won last year. They can go to hell. Um, and then Seattle pissed away a huge lead against Houston. That walk-off home run, I don't even think it landed yet. He hit that ball so fucking hard. That was a moonshot. To as, soon walk as, hit, as soon as he hit it, he knew. He, he just knew. Well, bottom of the ninth, walk-off home run to win game one in the playoffs. Just epic. That's that's a huge moment. Um, and then again, again, you had the Guardians, who to me just looked like I'll say the same thing with they didn't get dominated by the Yankees like the, the Dodgers dominated the Padres, but the, the Guardians did look like the young the young team, the little kids that really had no business being there. And it it, it just all kind of caught up to them at one moment, and that was yesterday. Um they got hoping, Cortez going tomorrow, right? For the uh the Yankees. I believe so. I haven't looked at the pitching matchups. I, I know we're I going feel, I, I feel he's better than he's better than uh Garrett Cole, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, it depends on the team. Uh, like Garrett Cole always has our number. He pitches us really well. So I'm glad that we're done with him. Um, honestly, it doesn't matter who's facing the Guardians. The Guardians should typically be a low strikeout, high contact team. And they just weren't that yesterday. They struck out more than they've struck out like almost all season. And that's not like them. They, again, they they didn't perform like themselves. And that's what cost them the game. You're not going to win a game if you can't play your style of ball. And that's exactly what the Yankees did. The Yankees forced the Guardians to play a different style. And a four to one result. I mean, again, if Stephen Kwan didn't hit a home run, we probably get shut out yesterday, which is fucking embarrassing. Stephen Deep Ball Kwan, our power hitter yeah. in our rotation. Slugger, like what the fuck, guys? Come on, like you said, a guy with one arm could probably hit home runs in Yankee Stadium, and the Guardians couldn't do shit. And, and I heard the wind was blowing pretty well. Took a couple balls out. Um, just the Guardians. I don't know. They they need to step it up. Hopefully, Tito gives them a good good speech, gets them all ready, fired up for tomorrow night. Uh, but from what I saw, if that if that chemistry or not chemistry but if that uh attitude and if that style of play comes back tomorrow we're fucked that's it i'm not confident tomorrow at all if i'm being honest especially because last time shane bieber pitched against the yankees in the playoffs it did not go well and i think i think we win tomorrow that's my prediction we win tomorrow i think yeah Naylor hasn't hit a home run in god knows how long he's been mia yeah he's in a fucking milk carton somewhere he might have been part of that group too i think it was like it was Naylor. Um, who the, the fuck I just talked about Oscar Gonzalez, Austin Hedges and a couple other people. And yeah, they were like, Oh, for 17 yesterday or something. It was just embarrassing. You can't I mean, play like on. that. Miles straw. What the hell dude? Let's go. You're in New York. Get your shit talking back on. Let's go. Bitch. Um, Bitch. I don't think he has much shit to talk. Uh, I heard Stephen Kwan wore like uh noise canceling devices. I don't know if you guys saw that. No. Oh, you didn't hear about that. Yeah. He honestly got, he wore noise canceling. I- I thought you were just talking shit like you're going to say he's wearing like a back protector too. So nothing hits him in the back. No, he really did. He, they, they talked about it after the game. He said he couldn't really hear anything because he was wearing some sort of like noise canceling earpiece. 
to to block out the crowd noise, which not a good thing to admit because that's just going to make people get even louder and be even more obnoxious when they realize you're trying to drown them out. If you just acted like you had nothing on and nobody knew you were wearing anything to cancel them out, most people would probably be like, okay, this guy's just really zoned in. We don't even... He, we can't get to him. But when you admit that you have something in to do that, people, I think people, it's going to make people worse. I know I would. Yeah. New York's not the city to fuck with when something like that happens. I mean, they're going to, they're just going to come out 10 times worse now. Yeah. Between New York and Boston, they're the biggest pieces of shit on sports fan, <laughs> sports fan wise that you're going to find out there. Uh, but yeah, I'm not confident tomorrow. Kyle is apparently, but uh, we'll see what happens. I think this is the end of the line for the old guardians, but we'll see. I'm pretty confident. Are you? So, Tim, so you say it? they're going to lose tomorrow. Then they're going to come back and lose, lose the series in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, I have, I, I bought a gold pass for Cedar point. I'm going on Saturday. I, uh, I've already accepted that I'm not watching a playoff baseball game that day. Cause it's going to be the last game of the year. And I'm not, I don't feel like watching that fully accepted it. Remember that thing we talked about how you like to get out of people's skins. Hair it is. is it working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no lies detected here. I'm telling you. Or what is it? No cap. That's it. No cap. Look at me. No cap. I did it, everybody. Look at you. Hey, Spider. Spider Mitchell told me new, no, no cap. Wow, he came in with the correct day this time. But uh, but yeah, honestly, I have. I'm going to Cedar Point Saturday. I have no intentions of watching uh Guardians playoff game. I expect that to be the end of the year. I'll text you updates while you're at Cedar Point. What's going on, so? Uh, yeah, if you could just keep it short and just put, you were right, that's all I would need to see. That would be fine. That would be plenty. So thank you. That'd be great. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shane Bieber going up against uh, whoever tomorrow. I forgot who I could look it up here to double Cortez. check. Is it for sure? Yeah, it's the mustache Cortez. Okay. Um, should be a good matchup. I mean, I'm not expecting much from the Guardians again. They just, I, I won't even say, they just looked overwhelmed. I I felt like they just don't compete with the Yankees and and they shouldn't payroll wise. They shouldn't. Um, We didn't have it. Lights were a little too bright. Sorry, guardians fans. End of the line. Moving on. Switching sports. It is time. More depressing. Recap another disappointing Cleveland game. And that would be the chargers beating the Cleveland Browns. Just do we we have to talk about this? Can we just put a big old like L over that? We we went a half an hour before we bothered talking about the Browns. I think that's great. That's that's just, historic. I just can't. I don't know what to say anymore, man. Like I don't. I don't. I I had a feeling as soon as soon as we lined up for him for York to kick that field goal. I'm like, we're gonna fucking miss this kick. It's just. It's just. I'm not. Happen. I was totally opposite when we when we he got up to kick. I was like, I think he's, he's gonna drain this. Like we're gonna win this game. We have ourselves a franchise kicker. I wasn't even thinking twice about a miss. And then I watched it just sail right. I'm like. You got to be fucking kidding me. We just lost this game. It was horrible. I, I was they, watching. They, they gift wrapped that, that possession to us. I mean, they literally said, here, just take it. I mean, it takes balls, but that's the other thing, too, is like a lot of head coaches, obviously, they got to blame somebody. So head coaches take the brunt of the blame. Um, and I'll defend Joe Staley here, the head coach of the Chargers. He went for it on that fourth down and long one or fourth and two, whatever it was. And they didn't get it. And obviously we saw what happened. The Browns got the ball back. The Browns did not move the line at all. Um, or, or the the ball, the line of scrimmage at all. And they kicked a 54-yard field goal with Cade York. Cade York shanked it right. That's why this episode is called The Shank. Because he had not one, but two shanks on Sunday. Um, killers. You can't, you can't just throw away points like that. It's not like they were hard field goals. It's not like it was a bad weather game. It's not like there were other conditions to why you can miss. You just shanked two field goals 
in beautiful, sunny weather, hardly any wind, perfect conditions in Cleveland, Ohio for October, which is unheard of, and you still fuck it up. That's a shank, Cade. You're on my shit list officially, buddy. Well, good thing for him. The weather only gets better from here on out in Cleveland. So Yeah, it's, it's only going to get easier for him, I'm yeah. sure. But, I just yeah, don't think yeah. the, kid, the kid can't kick from the left hash mark. I mean, that, those are two misses from the left hash mark. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, sure he can, nothing. He even said after the game, he said, he, he goes, I've never missed two kicks in a game before. He's like, I really didn't even know like how to feel because that's never happened to me before. <laughs> well, welcome to the NFL, motherfucker. Yeah, Here I mean, life catches up to you pretty fucking quick, apparently, because those I've never missed two in a game. He decided to wait and do it on the biggest stage with everybody watching him with a lot on the fucking line. Maybe we need to pump in a shit ton of fog so he feels right at home. Maybe make it a little more humid. Make it swampy feeling. That's yeah. what, he, what he's into. Just embarrassing. I mean, as you said, every week it feels like fucking deja vu. It's another way that the Browns find a way to lose. It's it's whether it, two weeks ago it's the passing defense that sucks. Yesterday or Sunday it was the run defense. We couldn't stop anybody. The, the Los Angeles Chargers were the worst rushing football team in the NFL, and we gave up what two hundred plus yards. Yeah, I believe so. One thirty-five, something like that, maybe two hundred. Eckler just bent us over a table and had his way with us, basically. Yeah, we could not stop Austin Eckler. The the, the defensive tackles on our team, Tommy Togiai, and whoever the fuck I forgot the other one's name, Jordan Elliott. Elliott, yeah. They're rated. I think out of 106 defensive tackles being rated by pro football focus, they're 106 and 105. They're dead last in the NFL. It's embarrassing. Our safeties were clocking in in the bottom of the NFL of like out of 100 and or however many safeties they rated. Uh, I think it was like 65 safeties. John Johnson was like 50, 58 or something like that. And Grant Delpit was like 62. They're right at the fucking bottom of the league. Our linebackers are right at the bottom of the league. We actually ended up making a trade. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, immediately after the game trying to help out this this linebacker core because they're fucking terrible our whole defense is bad secondary really not that bad on sunday though against justin herbert they kind of contained him they shut down mike williams they are uh, the chargers were without keenan allen so it made things a little bit easier um but the secondary couldn't do shit or, or the secondary did fine the, the rest of the defense couldn't do shit we we didn't get any pressure on on justin herbert we we couldn't stop the run at all rushing the ball on the offensive side fantastic passing even Fantastic. I have no complaints about the offense again, except for Jacoby Brissett's bonehead interception in the goal line um, or on, in the red zone. I'm sorry, at the goal line. Cannot have those mistakes. Think about that. That's another minimum three points we missed out on right there. So between the two missed field goals and Jacoby Brissett's interception right there, you're down. You, you cost yourself nine points in a game that you lost by two. And that's that's hypothetically su- suggesting that Jacoby Brissett wasn't going to score a touchdown, which then gives you 13 points. You could have won in a fucking blowout. Instead, you lost in an embarrassing fashion by two. Here's the thing that's what, that, uh, that upsets me is the fact that Jacoby's doing what, for the most part, is asked of him to do as a backup. Go out there, move the ball down the field the best you can. Make these plays. We're going to get you in the best position we can. We're going to do some bootleg rollouts You know that you actually can make throws on, which he does a good job on those. Uh, mm-hmm. And and he moves the ball. Obviously, our run game does what it's supposed to do. But it's like he makes the his worst decisions in the most important time. Like if you make that mistake in quarter one, okay, I get it. You know, whatever, understandable. It's a mistake, but whatever. But 
when we need you to go down there, you're literally six yards out and you maybe could have just ran it forward a little bit more, moved the chains a little bit or, or whatever that, that throw is like, what are, what are you doing? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like I'm not a quarterback in the NFL. I get it, but God damn, you know, it's just, well, I'm it's with you. I have, I have a theory a little bit about that. I, I see <clears throat> Adam's comment as well. And you said the same thing you reiterated. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's interceptions usually come at the most inopportune times at the worst possible situation. Um, Oh, I didn't my see Adam Tom, and I'm sorry, I didn't see that. Oh, that's okay. My uh, my theory on that though is that's a testament to how great of a coach Kevin Stefanski is. Now, hear me out. What I mean by that, all game, the defense doesn't know if we're running or passing. Jacoby is <laughs> great. He doesn't turn it over. You get down to crunch time where they know we're passing. They play defense to to prevent passes. They've intercepted Jacoby Brissett every single time. Um. The Chargers, obviously, I don't think they were necessarily playing uh, to prevent Jacoby Brissett from throwing there because it was third and, what was it? It was third and seven from the nine-yard line. So we realistically could have gotten a first down. He could have ran for whatever. Um, but they played the posi- they, they played the ball well on that play, and they did intercept him. I, I did What he was doing was he was trying to look the linebacker, safety, whoever it was. He was trying to look them off. He thought he did. He threw it, but they didn't take the bait, so they were waiting for the ball. Um but with that being said, they did stop the defense, stop them on fourth down. We got the ball back. We were in field goal range to win the game. Jacoby Brissett so far, for the most part, has gotten us into pretty good position to win some games. The shitty interception against the Jets at the end of the game when we were trying to make a comeback. Realistically, should have never even happened because the defense shouldn't have given up those touchdowns. We shouldn't have given up the onside kick. So, yes, it sucks. Technically, Jacoby Brissett did not finish a game-winning drive, but I really don't blame him for that situation because the game the game should have been had. Uh, same can be, same can be said against the Falcons. We had a 13, we gave up 13 points in the fourth quarter against the Falcons. Unacceptable. Jacoby Brissett did everything he basically could to win that game, and the defense let us down again. And then he tried to force some passes and, and, and did end up throwing the interception. But again, it's not like there are these great competitive games. Like if you watch the uh, Raiders-Chiefs game on Monday night, we'll talk about that one. That was a really good back-and-forth game where – quarterbacks just had to make some plays and that was all there was to it this game was or most games so far for the browns we've gained double digit leads and we piss it away the falcons we were up by 10 the the uh jets we were up by 13 against the chargers we were up 14 points in the first quarter Uh, these are just unacceptable collapses from the browns defense that that's why i don't understand why people are so mad at stefanski what else can the guy do I, i got into a a friendly debate with your friend um, I'm, I don't know if you saw it in your comments the other day. I was very cordial and I was honest with him. He was bitching about Stefanski and the play calling. And I said, dude, we have whichever one it is. We have the sixth overall scoring offense and the fourth overall yards for an offense. I'm like, you round that out. We're the fifth overall offense in football. That's pretty fucking good. And people are still mad at Stefanski. I don't understand it. Yeah, but I mean, here's the thing. I, I think changes definitely need to be made here for something like Oh, I mean, I, Woods for sure, and maybe even probably even Mike Prefer should be fired. No question about oh, yeah. it. Special teams is, is Stansky for what these teams are doing or what the, the team is doing is crazy. I understand he's the head coach, so it's all going to fall on his shoulders. But at the end of the day, everyone, I, I would assume everybody that really knows football, they know that he's the offensive coordinator slash head coach. His focus for the week is the offense. His focus on game day is the offense. He's not calling the defensive plays. He's not telling the defense who to put in. He's letting his coaches handle that. They're the ones letting everybody down. Yes, he's the head coach. Yes, that's like going to McDonald's and 
and you know, the, the customer or, or one of the employees spits in your drink right in front of you, you're going to yell at them and you're also going to yell at the manager. The manager didn't actually do anything. Hey, what's up, Craig? Thanks for tuning in. Um, but it, people, they, they're, they're blaming Stefanski for shit, which I don't understand. He, again, he's the best coach we've ever had, at least as I've been a Browns fan since basically 99. Um, no questions asked. He's one of the smartest offensive coaches in football. Uh, I think any team, and they talked about another show today, or maybe it was yesterday, about fans that are anti-Stefanski. And he said, who would you want? Be realistic. If you fired Stefanski, do you really think there's an upgrade out there that's not some unknown coordinator that you're going to have to hope is good? Oh, there's that one name being tossed out there. For who? For head coach. For the Browns? Yeah, there's, I mean, every time I hear someone want to change uh, change coaches, there's the one name that people want to bring in that's currently not doing anything right now. Urban Meyer? No. <laughs> God damn. Uh, no. Sean Payton. Oh, I forgot about him. I don't think he would come to Cleveland. I don't think so either, but that's just the the, the go-to. Like, I'm listening to the, the morning show, even this morning, uh, a little bit when they were on my way in before I lost them. But you know, someone called in and talked about if we ever got rid of of um, uh, Stefanski, that I, no, Sean Payton would come here in a heartbeat because he wants to coach Deshaun Watson. You know, that's the big lure to, to bring him in. You know, I, I, I just, um, I, it's getting old, is what, you know, I agree with you. It's just getting old. Yeah, no, I, I never actually even heard the Sean Payton thing. To me, I mean, Sean Payton to the, to the Cowboys is a done deal. If Mike McCarthy ever retires, I think that's pretty much four and one. They're, they're back on the track, man. Not retires. If Mike McCarthy gets fired, because what's going to happen is Cooper Rush is going to wear out his welcome. Dak Prescott's going to be back behind center and the Dallas Cowboys are going to play like the Dallas Cowboys of old. And Mike McCarthy's ass is going to get fucking canned. And I look forward to it. Ooh, I think they go five and one this week. I forgot who they even play. Oh, an undefeated team. Oh, they're facing the Eagles, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the only undefeated team. So it's pretty obvious who you're talking about. Um, we'll worry about that when we get to picks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, but... I got into a, I got into an argument with my my uncle. Actually, he he reached out to try to just bash Stefanski after the first Feisty. interception. Feisty. He was he was he. I'm I'm assuming he was drunk. He's literally never talked to me like this before ever. But I think it's because he's so opinionated. I challenged him last Wednesday in front of everybody. So he, I think that's just been stewing. I doubt he had slept since the show at Lucy's. He was <laughs> up and energized for me, just questioning his thought. How dare I have another opinion about a head coach? How dare I? Um, but yeah, he was so fucking charged up. And it's funny because after Brissett threw the interception, he was like, oh, what do you think of Stefanski now? I'm like, we were inside the 10 yard line. I mean, that was pretty good. He didn't throw the fucking ball. What do you want Stefanski to do about it? Like, how, how are people mad at Stefanski for throwing it for Brissett throwing an interception? Because they think he should have called that run play. They think they need to feed the ball to Chubb every single play. And that's my biggest issue with with the the Browns antagonists right now, if you will. They all live in hindsight. It's all hindsight. If we if we throw touchdowns, we do great things. Nobody says a fucking word. When things go wrong, it's Stefanski's fault. We missed the game-winning kick. What did I get? Oh, Stefanski blew it. What the fuck did he do? He had the team in position to win a game with a 54-yard field goal, which nowadays in 2022 should be relatively easy, especially for a, a fourth-round draft pick whose only job is to kick field goals. It's not asking much. And then on top of it, you've got Jacoby Brissett throws in a horrible interception who after the game, even first, he was the first to admit he's like, that was embarrassing. I never should have thrown that ball. I take full responsibility. That's a mistake. I can't make Stefanski's fault. That's just doesn't matter. It's all Stefanski's fault. Stefanski has go, go gadget arms out there. That's making those throws. He uh, must throw be really good. 
his his skin tone changes when he throws it because he looks like a black man when he throws the ball right now. It's it's it's, a, it's an underrated skill. You should try it sometime. It's amazing. I'll ask him how he does it because I need to learn. But it's just it, it's pathetic the way that people are bashing the the best coach we have, who again is doing it with a backup quarterback. If I would have told you Jacoby Brissett's going to have our offense top five in the NFL, would you have believed me if I told you that two months ago? And no. Not one person would have. I even heard the other day, this is what's really funny, is what he's done with, he made Jacoby Brissett, or he's having Jacoby Brissett right now, play at a top level. The best football of Jacoby Brissett's career is being played right now with Kevin Stefanski. He had literal media people, Browns fans, arguing, is Baker Mayfield a franchise quarterback? Under Kevin Stefanski, he had people doing that. Under Matt Rule, Baker Mayfield got Matt Rule fired in, in five quick weeks. To me, that shows you, Kevin Stefanski, how good of a coach he is. Um, I thought we could go a show without Baker talk. Damn it. Well, I, had to, I mean, Matt Rule getting fired has to be talked about, so I had, that's a perfect, perfect way to talk about it. Um, but Kevin Stefanski is, hasn't had a chance to work with a legit quarterback yet. Baker Mayfield and, and Jacoby Brissett aren't even on the same fucking planet as Deshaun Watson. He's won games with uh, Case Keenum. We were close to winning with uh, whatever the fuck his name was against the Raiders last year. I forgot his name. Uh, the third third string what's went to San Francisco, right? Or he yeah, I don't remember the name. Yeah, I don't remember either. Either way, irrelevant. Yeah, he came from San Francisco and then went to uh, the Raiders right now, if I'm not mistaken. Forgot his last name, but it's again, it's irrelevant. We played really well that game, but again, shows you the power of Kevin Stefanski, what that guy can do with a little bit of like a week of coaching with somebody, and he can put you in a position to win a football game. The so Raiders. Let me ask you, do you but, think the Browns make a change here in the middle of the season? Like, I know they're trying to do the best they can to bring in defensive help. They're trying to bring in, you know, linebacker help. They, they sign that, that tackle to the practice squad, that defensive tackle. Um, I, I know they're trying to bring pieces in, but at some point, when does Andrew Barry say, okay, enough's enough. We're done. We're, we're making a change. Joe, you're out. Sorry. Whatever. Fifi, pipe, whatever the special teams coach, you're out. I mean, are they going to do that? Or are they going to let it ride the rest of the year and then make these changes in the offseason? I think at this point they're going to let it ride. And uh, Tim, you can pull that picture up now. The, the Browns did make a trade right after the game for Deion Jones from the Atlanta Falcons, who's been a disgruntled player. Um, he, they wanted to trade him in the offseason, but nobody was willing to take him. And the Browns were able to get him. He's been on the IR for most of the year because of a shoulder injury, which again, I was telling you the other day when we were talking about it, everything I've read basically said that he had the shoulder injury. He came back, played in a preseason game, and I think the Falcons were like, well, we don't want you to get hurt because we still want to trade you. So we're putting you on IR until somebody's willing to trade for you. And the Browns were able to do that. As soon as he got traded, he comes off of IR. So he's practicing. We'll see how he feels. Hopefully he can play Sunday. Um, he was this, Pro Bowler right, last year, right? Or the year before? Uh, two years ago. Last year, he was actually rated pretty poorly. Uh, but the Falcons overall were a really bad team. So I'm not holding that against one guy. Uh, Deion Jones in, I mean, he was drafted in 2016. So I don't even want to say in his prime, he still very well could be in his prime. Um, but he had really great years. He's one of the better linebackers in football. He's a tackling machine. He, that's what we need. I mean, as you saw with Austin Eckler, we couldn't tackle. We had missed tackles. We had lack of effort. Uh, realistically, he, this, this trade, he is the new quarterback of the defense. There's a good chance he's going to be wearing the green dot, which means he's going to have the, the only headset or a helmet with the headset where he can communicate with the coaches and he's going to be telling the plays. Um, to me, that's a huge thing. So we lost Anthony Walker, which you and I both said was going to be a big deal. Yep. And then they tried to replace him with Jacob Phillips. Jacob Phillips, Jacob Phillips lasted two weeks as the quote unquote quarterback of the defense. 
and he was rated one of the worst linebackers in football last week, and we made an immediate trade for somebody else to take over. So I think that experiment is over. Um, but it, it'd be weird for I, – I imagine it would be Andrew Barry that would talk with Stefanski about firing a coordinator. But I also feel like it wouldn't sit well with Andrew Barry to say, I have to fire Joe Woods because our defense sucks. Even though the players he's playing, I hand-selected, and yeah. they suck. So it's, it's kind of a weird spot for Andrew Barry because he's basically going to say – you weren't able to take my bad draft picks and turn them into studs. You're fired. You know what I mean? I don't think Andrew Barry would do would would fire him because of that. I think if anything, it would be an off season thing where we would have to revamp the coaching staff entirely. So what? So okay. So what am I seeing or not seeing here? We all have agreed here that the defense we're running is not a defense that's set for our players, right? We've all talked about this. That Ward's a man player. Um, Newsom, I believe, was a man player in college. Um, even Greedy Williams, I believe, was a man player. Maybe some did zone, but Sunday against the Char- or last Sunday against the Chargers, they were playing a lot of man. But the Chargers just exposed our weak interior defensive linemen. As Steve just said, I said that earlier. They were rated the the last two. Oh, and Steve, Steve one. Stat guy. There we go. I forgot about him. Stevie <laughs> Stats. Stevie yeah, Stats. Yeah. They're, they're rated 105 and 106 out of 106. We have literally the worst two defensive tackles in football trying to stop the Los Angeles Chargers, and you saw how that went on Sunday. It went fucking terribly and embarrassing. Um, but that's another thing. As you said, they did sign a defensive tackle. His name slips my mind. He used to be with the Falcons. Uh, he is now signed to our practice squad, potentially could be uh, lifted to the starting uh, 53. But the problem, or not the problem, but the good thing with him is he was known for playing in front of Deion Jones and creating space, creating tackle to uh, uh, opportunities for Deion Jones. Those two worked really well together. So I think it's a good mix. Um, I'm also hoping that maybe it's a way to help the defensive line now that Deion Jones is going to be the quote-unquote quarterback of the defense, calling the plays, telling people what to do. He can probably help explain to people what he's talking about, what he sees, help the defensive line make sure they're in position. So maybe that's why they brought that guy in for just like the veteran, basically yeah. veteran leadership. Yeah, That's what yeah. I hope. So I'm but hoping. I, have you have you seen if he's going to play Sunday? Do you know anything yet, or or no? They just said today they'll see how he feels. Uh, so we really don't know. I personally doubt it because of how it, it, it's really hard in Madden. Yes, you can trade for a guy and play immediately. It is what it is. In real football, it is really hard for players to learn plays, to get acquainted with the playbook and their teammates and things like that, to know where they need to be. Um, so they might not activate him for Sunday. The Browns they can make him inactive. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but it also could be because the coaching staff just doesn't feel like he's ready just to, to, to be out there. He hasn't played in a real game situation since last year. He had his offseason surgery. Um, and again, if he doesn't know the exact lingo of the playbook, telling people where to be, the exact spots, they might be like, well, we're not risking that. Even though you are going against the Patriots who are probably starting Bailey Zeppi. Um, Zeppi. Good team to start against, you would hope, but at the same time, it is Bill Belichick running that team, so... Anything can happen on Sunday. We'll talk about that closer to it. But I would not be surprised if Deion Jones does not play on Sunday, even though I would love to see it. I think it's a great trade for the Browns. And it, it cost them next to nothing. It was like a sixth or seventh, seventh round pick or whatever. Yeah, it was, like, yeah, it was late round nothing. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, moving on to week five in the NFL, we had Thursday night football, a fucking snooze fest, almost ended in a tie. You had the Indianapolis Colts beating the Denver Broncos 12 to nine in a field goal fest. Um, for any of you Russell Wilson drafted teams out there like myself, are you ready to cut him? Are you ready to cut him? I, I'm getting close. Uh, I don't know about cutting him. He is definitely on the bench right now, riding the pine. But 
I don't know, man. Like, I just, I, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> I mean, I was listening to another podcast today where they talk about football a little bit. Um, I don't know if you listened to uh, Jeselnik's podcast yet today. I haven't listened to a new one, no. So they were talking a little bit about football because Jeselnik's a big Steeler fan. And they asked him, uh, or they were talking to the other guy who works for the NFL Network about, about the league this year. And he's like, aside from like a handful of teams, every team is like the same. Every fucking team is mediocre. So that's why I realized like that's another reason my picks fucking suck. Because I'm picking teams that I'm like, oh, they're going to dominate. And these teams just aren't that fucking good. I guess I just put them on like a pedestal that I need to kind of accept that that's not the case for everybody. Hey, Tim, can you do me a favor next week? Can you file find a sound bit that just says stop the excuses so we can play it every time Justin talks about some excuse of him losing? Well, when I make my seven-game comeback today, I don't think I'll be the one making any excuses. It'll be, you made me pick first. That's what happened. <laughs> I can already see it now. Uh, but, yeah, the Colts beat the Broncos in Denver. Just embarrassing uh, for the Broncos, truthfully. You have a team that – I'm not going to lie, and that's another one. Like, I put the Denver Broncos on such a high pedestal when they traded for Russell Wilson. They have a great Everybody team. did. Everyone elevated that offense. Dynamic. I mean, I've, I've picked the Broncos, I think, every fucking week so far. And they're what, two and three, I, I believe? Uh, I mean, yeah, they're not very good. It's, it's yeah, they're either they're three and two or they're two and three. But even then, the wins that they've had have been embarrassing, and the losses that they've had have been embarrassing. Like, losing to the Colts is fucking pathetic. So that's another one. And then London. I pick, I mean, I think you picked them as well, but I picked Green Bay because I'm like, it's the fucking Packers. They have Aaron Rodgers. They're so good. They lose to fucking Brian Dable and Danny Dimes. Uh, he was what? he was that close to getting that ball off, too. I know. He got two balls batted down. He looked like Baker Mayfield out there, unfortunately. I'm hoping that's not a sign of things to come. You don't nobody wants that because that's what gets coaches fired. Um speaking of getting coaches fired, Mike Tomlin, hot seat. Ooh. Man, they got their ass beat. Yeah, I mean that's I, uh, uh, I tuned in a little bit to the Steel City Renegades show. Um, it, I'm not going to lie. I don't get as much joy out of listening to them being sad about how bad the Steelers are as I thought <laughs> I would. Um, I turned it on on Sunday night, and I was really hoping that it was going to be like them trying to talk themselves into Kenny Pickett and like pretend like guys were good. And I was like, I was going to make fun of them for that. And instead, they were very self-deprecating, and they were like, we fucking suck. Like, we're a bad team. This guy sucks. I made a couple jokes. They were saying, I forgot what guy, but they said like, uh, Terrell Edmonds, I think, is one of their players, whatever. And they're like, uh, Terrell Edmonds didn't play. I, you know, I think we would have been better with him. And I, I made a joke. And I'm like, yeah, with Edmonds, you probably only would have given up 31 points instead of 38. I was just fucking with them, like, talking shit. But even then, it, I didn't feel that good afterwards. It's just kind of sad when they realize that they suck. By the way, you, did, you didn't hit your, uh, your uh, goal last week, did you? No, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't. I didn't hit mine either, but still. No, we both went over on that one. But again, that's why we do these uh, bold predictions, which I'm not gonna lie, I should probably think of mine because I did not do that today. <laughs> I forgot we do that. <laughs> I actually just thought about it too. I'm like, fuck, I forgot about those two. Um, let me look at the the schedule really quick. I'll do it on the fly. I'm sure I. That's can all right. It. I've got I've got a bold predict. It's fine. It's gonna be. You tight have one already. Yeah, it's it's a good one. Okay. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll so anyways, I think my opinion is that Tomlin is more than likely on a, I wouldn't say hot seat. I would say a slightly warm coal seat right now, because let's, let's be honest, the Steelers never move on from court, um, coaches. Like they keep them around until they're ready to bury him in the backyard. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be fired though. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season from, if I'm not mistaken. So I can't imagine that they have one bad year in a clear transitional period where they don't get me wrong. Kenny Pickett was a first-round pick. 
So he better be good. That's how people get fired. When you miss on first round picks, especially quarterbacks, that's where coaches end up getting canned. I think Kenny Pickett sucks, but at the same time, I do understand that they suck because they don't have JJ Watt. They or TJ Watt. I'm sorry. They don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore, even though he was way over the hill and ready for the glue factory. Excuse me. Um, so it, it is hard to predict or hard to hard to see them firing him for one bad season. Well, you Steelers fans, though, I mean, some They're of them really are gone. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. But at the same time, it is kind of like I don't want to compare the two because I understand football and baseball are totally different. But it's like the Tito Francona effect that I've talked about before of like Tito's great. He gets us to the playoffs. Great but coach. eventually you got to take that next step. So with Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons. Eventually, the Steeler fans, I'm sure, are going to be like, well, I'm sick of just being five hundred, a little bit above 500. Like, it's a Jeff Fisher syndrome almost. Jeff Fisher was known for being a 500 head coach. Yeah, four, 15 straight winning seasons uh, for Mike Tomlin. That's insane. That's, that's huge. But that also means that that city and that team expect greatness. And I would imagine if Bill Belichick started to slump and wasn't playing great. Um, Sorry, I can't he, see comments. Our award-winning producer is not throwing on the screen. That's all right. He's he'll get to it. He it says uh, Tomlin is only one of four coaches to have fifteen plus straight I'm wins. I'm just busting Tim's balls. It's okay. <laughs> You're hurting my feeling. He was texting Lee and saying, "See how much better I am at this than you." That's what he was doing. I love it. Bears, he show. Text Lee and talk shit at least twice an episode. That's my bare minimum. That's his quota for the day. Remember, Lee doesn't watch our show, so we can say whatever the fuck we want. That's why I get it all off my chest right now. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. Mike Tomlin, uh, I, I can't imagine him getting fired, but it was it was weird to listen to Steel City and them, them talking about that. Uh, speaking of S- Steel City Renegades, you can catch them Sunday night, 7 to 9, Steel's, uh, Redline Radio Studio number 2. Mondays, you have Just Therapy with Sean Boyd from 7 to 9. Tim Buck, Tuesday, our very own Pride and Joy. You can catch him on Tuesday for 6 day. We love him. Wild Man Gary Weiner, spinning the tune from 6 to 11. And then Broad Street South, 8 to 9. Wednesdays, you, of course, have Talking About Balls, 7 to 9. She Vibes are officially in their new time, I believe, as of last week. They are 8.30 to 9.30, so make sure you check them out as soon as we're wrapping up here tonight in about a half an hour. Uh, that's when they go on. Thursday nights, you start off with the Lex Vegas show, leading in for everybody else. You've got Broad Street South, 8 to 9. Club Pizzle, 9 to 10. Um, Money's Crazy Soundtrack, 10 p.m. to 12 a.m., exclusively on Redline Radio LLC.com. Friday nights, you've got our very own boy, The Grapevine. You can check him out again in uh, two weeks, Friday night. They're going to be at Tattoo Therapy, Inc. It's going to be Lee. It's going to be, I believe, Dave, Lex Vegas, and Grape. Friday night next week, the 19th, I think it is. No, whatever date it is. Um, I'm horrible with that shit. It'll be the 21st. There we go. What's uh, that? Who, whose show is it? Who is show, whose show is it? Is it Lex's show or Grape's show? And Grapevine kind of combining, I assume, because they're both Friday nights. Nice. Um, so you have the grapevine six to eight, and then you also have money's crazy mind from, uh, eight to 10 Saturdays. You have fourth and 15 Mel and smooth are back. Happy to see them. Uh, I love watching those two, uh, cocktails and comedy with Jen, Jen, eight 30 to nine 30 TMI, too much information, 10 PM to midnight, Saturday night and medium ratchet six to seven leading up to the steel city renegades. Starting at seven, seven, 14 on the dot, right? Okay, Kevin Quanner back. I knew they were taking a little break. So they're back and they're uh they're two, two to four, I believe. Oh, they changed they moved up a little bit. Okay, so two to four. Check out uh Kevin Quan. Uh professionally unprofessionals. Nailed it. All Sorry, right. My, my lineup's out of date. I don't have a new lineup. Somebody needs to make I had one. mine from last week. Um but I remember that that was when they said Kevin Quan were taking a little bit of a break, but 
they already came back. So happy to have them back on Redline Radio. Every day of the week, there's a show going on. If you miss anything, you can always watch it at another time. Um, Feel free to do that. Tell your friends, tell your family. Everybody should be checking out Redline Radio. Support everybody. Uh, we had a bunch of that, a bunch of people show up to the uh, the Lucy's last week, the 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 remote. So they support us. We're going to support them. Obviously, unfortunately, we do our show the same time as she vibes. So when they're live at Lucy's that night, we're not going to be able to be there. Uh, but we'll be there in spirit. Hopefully, they'll be killing it. It's a great time. I hope they do a great job, and I uh, hope everybody else gets opportunities to do remotes. They're fun as fuck. So I really want to see everybody at Redline get these opportunities. Um, Absolutely. We'll support as much as we can. I believe next Friday night I am free. So I think I'm going to make my way to uh, Tattoo Therapy Inc. We'll see what happens. Um, what day is it Friday? Oh, it's 21st. I believe I'm free too. I might join you up there. Yeah, I'm going to check it out. I think the missus is going to a concert. So I've got the uh, myself to myself that night, as they say. Well, that's, that's a pop of gummy night. You know, that's, a... that's a treat myself like an amusement park as soon as she walks out the door, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> night. Smother myself in baby oil and just go to town on myself in ways that like... I never could. Light the light the candle and, and sit on the couch, have some fun. Oh, it's gonna be nice. All of my silk robe. Oh shit, <laughs> I'm getting excited just thinking about it. Uh, back to week five, though. Uh, in a weird week, a lot of weird games. You had Minnesota barely hold on to beat the Chicago Bears 29 to 22. You had New England beat the absolute fuck out of Detroit. I text my buddy Josh, who's from Detroit, and I'm like, dude, I picked the, the Patriots to win this game, but I did not expect it to be that bad. That was just pathetic. Um Really bad outing by the by the Lions. Uh, that's speaking of coaches on the hot seat. We'll have to do that next week. I mean, Matt Rule started the the domino effect by getting fired. What other coaches no, do you think? Not Dan Campbell. No, he's in year two. They suck. I think that act they had, kind top of, five, they had a top five offense going into last week. What are you talking about? And then they got shut out. So that shows me that that's a little bit of a fucking fluke. Then again, it's not good because we play the Patriots now. So if they shut us out, I'm going to be really fucking embarrassed. I'm going to be really sad. I'll probably have a different tune on uh, Kevin Stefanski if we get shut out on Sunday. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. Um, and then you had Seattle lose a nail biter to the New Orleans Saints. That was a shootout that I did not see coming with Taysom Hill playing quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. 39 to 32. Fun game there. Uh, Miami against New York. Mike McDaniel. Went with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy got hurt pretty early. The Jets struggled for a little bit against whoever the fuck the quarterback was for the um, the Dolphins. I don't even remember his fucking name. Their third string quarterback who's going to be starting this Sunday. Uh, but the 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 Jets ended up pulling away and beat the shit out of the, the Dolphins, forty to seventeen. Who who are the Jets this year? Like I don't I don't understand anything that's going on right now. They're a team that have gotten very lucky playing nothing but backup quarterbacks. They literally went from they beat Jacoby Brissett and then they lost. I forgot who they played. And then they faced um, who the fuck was the backup they faced last week? They, they faced Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky, who obviously not just talking shit against Pittsburgh. We know those two suck. We saw it firsthand for Mitch Trubisky. We've seen Kenny Pickett suck now for two and a, half, a game and a half. But again, the Jets got to face Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Jacoby Brissett. And then last Sunday, they faced Teddy Bridgewater slash whoever the fuck the guy was that played quarterback for Miami. So it's pretty good. How, for the how, Jets. Is your friends, how is your friend's text chat right now, the Jets fans? Uh, Jet fan-wise, they're, they're over the moon. They're so happy. But I put them right back down to reality when I bring up how big of a fucking choke job the Mets had this year. I send them the Reggie Miller choking thing. Oh, At least no. I rub it in. Did you did you hit him with the Timmy trumpets, the narco, just to rub it in? No, I actually did the uh, the game against the Padres when they were getting their asses kicked. I mean, they got one hit on Sunday. I don't know if anybody realized they only got one hit that whole day. 
Um, when it was like the seventh or eighth inning, I joked with them and I'm like, you guys are going to bring out that fucking trumpet guy for one last <laughs> your guys off. Cause I'm like, your season's fucking over with. So I'm like, get it in now while you can. <laughs> and I saw somebody had like a banner. It says we, uh, that they had like a made up banner. It says we had a cool, we had a cool closer closing music for the year. That's it. So the best one that I saw was from like Barstool or whoever. A lot of people made it, but it was the, it's a video of Timmy Trumpet playing, but instead of him playing his song, he's actually playing like the funeral music or whatever. And it's fucking hysterical. I love I it. Look it up. It's a great dub. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you. I have to look for it. I'll find it. Um, <laughs> Poor Mets. Poor Frankie Lindor, man. Oh God, Jesus. I warned him. Something. Playoff Frankie. That's what the Mets get. They spend all that money and they get fucking they choke away a huge lead. They get bounced in the first fucking round. I love it. Uh, now, unfortunately for the Jets, their uh, their streak of playing backups comes to a screeching halt when they have to face Aaron Rodgers, who is very pissed off right now. So I feel kind of bad for the Jets, if I'm being honest. He looked kind of happy at the end of that game. You know, he was smiling. He was laughing a little bit. I just don't think he gives a shit that much. I mean, he's a good quarterback, but, you know, whatever. Lost the game. You know, I think Aaron Rodgers woke up. I don't know if you saw his quotes the other day. No, I didn't see him. Apparently they were doing some interviews after practice and they were speaking with his, uh, some of his wide receivers about facing the jets. And they were talking about how like, Oh yeah, the jets are playing really well. Like it's, you know, you know, they're a really good team. They're playing hot. They were, he was speaking really nicely of them. And I guess Aaron Rodgers did not take too kindly to his teammates talking nicely about the jets. So I have a feeling he had a nice closed door meeting with them and lit a little fire under their ass. At least I'm hoping. Cause I want them to win by like 45 doesn't strike me as a very intimidating guy. I feel like he's someone who just probably plays with his hair a little bit and then talks about football. So um, I'm not using it for my, just the tip this week. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it though, but the redeem team, did you get a chance to see that? No. Is, is it out now? Oh yeah. It came out this- oh, it's no, fantastic. I didn't watch, I didn't watch it yet. Great. Did you see it yet, Tim? No, I'm really bad at watching things. Are you? I'm going could- to have to watch it tonight uh, now that I have nothing else going on. That's great. It's about the 2008 uh, Olympic men's basketball team because the 2004 team is the team that lost when they know, you know, they half the guys didn't want to do it. They brought in a bunch of rookies that Larry Brown didn't want to play and they lost. Um, so I did then see a quote to, from the show that Kobe thing. That's all I've seen for previews though. But just watching that kind of reminds me of Aaron Rodgers in a sense of Kobe Bryant, like, wants to win so fucking bad wills his team to victory. And I feel like Aaron Rodgers can do that too. I think Aaron Rodgers seems super laid back. Um, but when, when kind of pressed, he wants to win and he's going to let his teammates have it. How many times have you seen him yelling at people and getting pissed off? You see it a lot. Um, it usually just takes a little bit of time. I think now we're at week six. I think Aaron Rodgers is ready to wake everybody up. And again, I hope it happens this week against the jets. Cause I want to rub it in my friends faces. Uh, you had Atlanta. They actually surprisingly play uh, Tampa Bay very well, which makes me, I'm not happy about losing to Atlanta. Yeah, his uh, ayahuasca that Aaron Rodgers took in the offseason or whatever, it's finally, he's sobering up. <laughs> he's sobering up. No, it's the opposite. <laughs> oh, it's going away finally. Nice. But I, I do feel a little bit better about losing to Atlanta just because they are playing everybody really well. They actually played Tampa Bay to a one possession game. 21 to 15 was the final score. Um did not see that coming. Even with Tampa Bay struggling right now, their offense is missing a lot of pieces wide receiver-wise. Their offensive line was super banged up in the offseason, in the preseason, I should say. Um, but Tom Brady, a 21-15 to win over Atlanta, not that impressive. He's going through a lot, man. He's got a, he's got a broken heart right now. Come on, let's take it easy on him. Why? Because Bill's winning with another quarterback? That's what gets him. <laughs> Bill continues to win no matter who is his quarterback. It's impressive. 
Uh, Tennessee beat the Washington uh, Commanders. Almost called them the you know who's. Um, Did you see that Rivera quote? Ugly game. What's up? You see the Rivera quote, Ron Rivera? Oh, right down fucking Carson Wentz's throat, basically. I mean, he's not wrong. He's like, this is a quarterback league. If your quarterback's not playing well, then that's the result you're going to get. That's it. Yeah, I like that's gonna that's gonna motivate him to go out there and do well this week. <laughs> I think, uh, barring oh, what I meant to say earlier, I, I don't even remember if I got my point across. Um, if I did, I apologize for saying this twice. If I didn't, whatever. Uh, next week, you're hearing it now. I'm gonna try to remember when I do the production. Let's talk about quarter uh, head coaches on the hot seat. I think I, I was getting to that earlier, and I kind of fucked up and forgot to talk about it. Um, uh, but obviously, Matt Rule started the trend of court coaches getting fired midseason. Let's go next week, assuming none get no others get fired. Um, let's talk about some that could be on the hot seat, some surprising picks. I, I would okay. definitely say that Ron Rivera is more than likely going to make my list as a guy that's on the hot seat because the commanders suck. Um, I think there are quite a few head coaches though, that could be on the hot seat just based on how their seasons are going. And we'll talk more about that next week. Uh, Tennessee, like I said, beat the commanders 21 to 17, pretty ugly game for both teams. I don't know what to make of Tennessee this year. Uh, the commanders do stink, but Tennessee is also not really establishing themselves but again, it goes back to what I said earlier. Almost every team, they're all every team's so close. There's not like some great team where one week it's an easy pick and it's going to be a blowout. That's few and far between. Tampa Bay, I would have thought, was a blowout game. Barely beat the Falcons. Uh, Jacksonville, you've been super high on Jacksonville this season, and they go out and get fucking embarrassed by the Houston Texans, and they've been embarrassed two weeks in a row now. Their offense has been kind of shitty. Um, yeah, I picked them twice in a row, I believe, and that's worked out well. Yeah, but I mean, I would have done. I mean, I did the same thing. Houston over or Jacksonville over Houston. That's a no-brainer pick. I would, I would think. And then, lo and behold, we're wrong. Uh, San Francisco beat the shit out of Carolina. Uh, Baker Mayfield, little Baker. Not only did he get <laughs> hurt, he has a hurt ankle, and he is going to miss some time. They're not going to put him on the IR, but he is not practicing and not expected to play this week. So Baker who's Mayfield, the who's the who's the third string back there that's starting? Oh. Uh, isn't it like PJ something? I could have sworn. Oh, is, it, is it PJ Moore? I don't remember. I got to look it up. Uh, Let me look it up. Panthers quarterback. While I do that, though, um, let's get right to it. Dallas did, of course, beat the Los Angeles Rams. What the fuck is up with the Rams? Yeah, I, I picked Dallas last week to win that PJ game. Walker. I was so glad, so glad that they won. But, but still, I don't know, man. I mean, it's like they just have this hangover right now. Like they don't give a shit. They got the rings. They got the Super Bowl. This could be a wash year for them right now. I almost I don't even think that it's not it's not that they don't care. I think they just they're not they're not good. Matt Stafford, is, I don't is, even know. Is he washed? Is he done? Is he done now? You well, think? it's really weird because you go into week one, he looked like shit against the Bills week one on Thursday night football. Looked terrible. Everybody thought he's done. This is the end for Matthew Stafford. Then I find out he had an offseason shoulder surgery, and I'm like, okay, that makes more sense. But then there's been a couple games here and there where he actually looked great, and now he reverts back to being shitty. So it makes me wonder, is he getting like cortisone shots and it wore off during that fucking Cowboys game? Or is that just who he is? Is this some fluky thing that he needs addressed? The same can be said for uh, what's his face in Denver, Russell Wilson. I don't know if you saw those reports, but now they're saying that Russell Wilson's kind of banged up and he's getting some treatments and things like that. He should yeah, be good that. in a night football game. But it also makes me wonder, are these legit or are these excuses that they're giving because these once great quarterbacks are shitting the bed, uh, especially worrisome if you're uh, the Denver Broncos because you just traded a lot of picks to get Russell Wilson. You just gave him a huge fucking contract. And, I mean, honestly, Jacoby Brissett looks like a better quarterback by a mile. It doesn't help that Stafford has also, like, tunnel vision to this cup, you know. 
and, and that's another problem too. The offense isn't flowing at all. They can't get a run game established. They haven't really been able to do that under Sean McVay. He's never been good at running the football. And then you 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 bring in a guy like Allen Robinson, who most people would have loved to have on their team. He's a great wide receiver. They're not using him at all in, in Los Angeles. Like you said, he is strictly throwing the ball to Cooper Cup. Last year worked great. They were a dominant team. They were winning games. This year, I mean, Cooper Cup was the leading receiver, 125 receiving yards, and they lost the game 22 to 10. So what the fuck's the point of these 125 yards if you can't even score points? You're not doing anything with it. I mean, I'm okay with it. I got Cup on my team, so I get the fantasy points. But still, that I'm team. Okay. I'm Allen Robinson, and I drafted pretty oh. fucking high in one of my leagues because I thought he was going to be really good there. So I need them to kind of get get a little connection going. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't think it's 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 going to be up and down year. Um, I think the it's it's. I don't know. I don't think they they might make the playoffs or just get bounced in the first round. But it's going to be that that's a tough division. I, I think San Francisco might be the the leading right now, taking that division this year. I mean, yeah, it's not it's not going to be easy for the Rams, and that's putting it nicely. Um, Battle of the Birds here. We had Philadelphia taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Eagles stay undefeated. Eagles win a nail-biter. Uh, what, what's up with the Cardinals? That's another team. You had Kyler Murray, who's threatening to hold out. Contract talks, bullshit. He's not happy in Arizona. Hates it there, blah, blah, blah. Gets that's busted. Enough. They give that, him that new contract, and they leak the the thing about the, the playing Call of Duty because he doesn't watch the playbook and, and study like he should watch tape. And they're what? They're two and three, I think. Yeah, it's they started off so so, so strong last year. They what started out what uh, what six and oh seven and oh eight and oh last year. Yeah. yeah, and now they can't put anything together. I mean, they're just they're all over the place. I mean, Hopkins is back what next week or the week after? Uh can't come soon enough. I do have him on the bench in one league. I think it was a six game suspension, if I'm not mistaken. So he'll be back okay, next so after next. Okay. But even though, what's he gonna add? I mean, is this another but Kyler's still got to throw it to him. You know, that offense still has to flow no matter if Hopkins out there or not. But, yeah, Murray I mean, does not look good, but that's another thing too, is that it makes the Cardinals look like a bad organization because Kyler Murray's had his best career or his, his best years with Deandre Hopkins healthy. Cause obviously Deandre Hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in football and you take him away. And here's what you have last year. Deandre Hopkins was hurt for a little bit and it really hurt the offense. Um, and then now he's, he's missing Kyler Murray can't do shit without DeAndre Hopkins. It almost goes to show you that they overpaid to keep uh, Kyler Murray there because you're not really paying for a quarterback that can win you games. You're paying for a quarterback that has good chemistry with one wide receiver. Is that worth it to give a guy a huge contract and to kind of invest your stake your future into this guy? I think right. they fuck. I've never been a Kyler Murray fan personally. Um, and I think it's just kind of coming to fruition. It's showing right now that without DeAndre Hopkins, he's nothing. I've never been a big fan of Cliff Kingsbury either. Like, I, I think he's no. not to lead into it. I think he's on the hot seat as well, possibly. But I just never enjoy – I just don't think he's been a great coach. I think he's been gifted uh, some decent teams, but I don't think he's a great coach. I agree. I mean, he has a lot of talent right now. Even without DeAndre Hopkins, they have a pretty good team. Uh, they have a good defense, and they're two and three. I mean, and they haven't had any really tough games. They were just – I mean, they uh, they did lose to the Chiefs. So I'll give them that. But and they had a they had to have a huge comeback against the Raiders. That I realistically mm-hmm. they could be one and four right now. Um, so not a good year for them. Like you said, that's a guy to keep an eye on for a hot seat uh, because they're eventually going to get sick. They're going to get sick of a head coach who's not winning games when they paid a quarterback hundreds of millions of dollars. Somebody's right. going to end up having to leave, and it's usually not the player. They don't fire players. No. Uh, Sunday night football. You had Cincinnati taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Nineteen seventeen. The Cincinnati Bengals, it's another one. What the fuck is up with this team? 
<laughs> this entire division, it I'm so this is what this is what pisses me off more than anything, is the fact that the the division is playing how they are this year, and this division is so gettable, and we should have the chance to be right now five and zero, uh, and and have a nice plant as number one in the division. Hopefully, you can ride out the next couple of hard games until Deshaun got back, and this just frustrates me even more knowing how bad both of these teams are, hot and cold, hot and cold. Yeah, I mean it's it's really hard to. I'm, I'm trying to move on. Obviously you can't go back in time. I'm not living in hindsight, et cetera. I, you know, I say that a lot. Um, but with the Browns, the, the Browns could realistically, and I'm, I'm not even trying to sound like a, a snobby idiot fan. They, they could be five and zero right now. And realistically they should be five. and zero. And that's not something I'm saying is like, uh, you know, we didn't get blown out in any games. We pissed away leads. We missed field goals to lose a game. We had timely interceptions. Um, untimely interceptions i should say but the browns could realistically be a four and one minimum five and oh team instead here we are two and three and you have the fan base in shambles you've got fans that are questioning the head coach they're questioning every fucking person in the building every player every everyone needs you know haslam should sell the team this team sucks forever but again it sucks to admit but take a step back you're playing with a backup quarterback this is unfortunately the tough road we have to cross until deshaun watson can play any game you win with Jacoby Brissett is a fucking blessing. In my opinion, it's a huge, a great thing because we're playing with a backup. How many other teams out there play with backup quarterbacks and are, are very successful and have a top five offense. It doesn't happen very often. Most of the time when your quarterback is out, you're playing with your backup. You're going to struggle. Most teams struggle with their backups. Um, Who's the winner division right now? Is it Baltimore three and two? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, it's Baltimore. They're they're up there by themselves because I think the Bengals are two and three, as are the Browns and the Pittsburgh's one and four. I think. So um, so frustrating. That's why it is extremely frustrating because the Browns should be, uh, you know, ahead in the division by by at least a game or two, no question about it. Um, on the bright side, we are one and zero in the division, so that's kind of nice. Got that going for us at least, right? So got, uh, the Ravens next week, and then we've got the Bengals the week after Halloween night. So. That's where it's going to – got to put the big boy pants on and really figure this fucking shit out, and I think that's exactly why Andrew Berry made that move after the game. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get it for next week. I'll see if Tim can play it. We, have, we don't really play video on the show that often, but I know we have the option. I'll, I'll try to find the video. There's a video that shows Jimmy Haslam standing with Andrew Berry. I don't know if you saw it. I tweeted it the other day. Um, it's right at the end of the game. It's Jimmy Haslam and Andrew Berry standing on the field. Andrew Berry's got his clipboard and his notes and everything. He's got them behind his back. He's standing there. He's holding his books. Uh, Jimmy Haslam's just standing there watching. Cade York kicks the ball. They both look up. They're watching, watching, watching. It, it's a miss. Barry just walks away professionally, doesn't doesn't make any faces. Jimmy Haslam literally looks like a fucking gambler that just bet his whole life savings. He's rubbing his fucking face, walking off out of the tunnel. Like, like he looks so fucking depressed and sad. It's uh, I, I retweeted it. I'm like, that's exactly how I felt on Sunday when Cade York missed that kick. I hats off to Barry not showing any emotion, though. That's good. He literally just turned around and was like, fuck, I have some explaining to do now because my my draft pick just missed the game winner. So he's like, Jimmy's not going to be happy about this. Um, he's like, I got to fire up the horn and call Paul DePodesta and figure out uh, what, why analytically, why we missed that kick right there and give some stats to old Jimmy. But no, you have to play that video. It's, it, was, it was pretty exciting. But yeah, Cincinnati, what the fuck's up with them? They should have won this game. They played like shit. Um, the division's wide open and nobody wants it. That's the best way to describe it. Up for anybody to take, and here we are fucking shitting our pants away. Everybody's putting their hands in their pockets. 
Monday night football. You had the Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in a great fucking game. Really good one. Uh, if you are if you had Travis Kelsey in fantasy football, uh, I'd say 99% of the people that had him, he single-handedly won you your game. I already had the lead, but no, he had a fucking monster game. The My one percent that didn't win with Travis Kelsey is me because I didn't win even though he had four fucking touchdowns because I was playing How a guy. How is that possible? Because the guy I played put up like he put up the most points in the league by a fucking mile. His whole team went off. So of course I played the highest scoring guy in the league that week, and Travis Kelsey's effort was all for nothing. So hopefully he has another four touchdown game coming up when I really need it. I think at one time his stat line was like four te- four receptions, twenty five yards, and two touchdowns. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean I have him in fantasy, and it's not a PPR league, so you pretty much only get points for touchdowns. You know for the most part. And he had like two touchdowns, three receptions and like 11 yards. I'm like, okay, the touchdowns are nice because you get some fucking yards too. Like that would really help me. Uh, Unfortunately, didn't didn't matter much. Uh, One thing I did want to talk about, though, about this game, there were some big moments. Uh, It's always crazy. I don't know. Is it because it's Monday Night Football that there's more of a magnifying glass on it? Or is it just because it just happened to work out this way? But there were huge moments in this game. Uh, First one being. We're going to do the roughing the passer call first. Let's do that one. So Chris Jones, for those of you that didn't see it, there has been a lot of um, a lot of talk about roughing the passer calls in the NFL and how ticky-tacky they are, and they've benefited the Browns. You have the one against the, uh, the Panthers, where Jacoby Brissett's helmet may or may not have gotten hit by a Panthers hand, which was a roughing the passer call. You have, if you go low, you get a call. You have, if you drop your body weight on a guy, it's a call. Um... I personally didn't see it, but I know there was the Tom Brady roughing the passer call against the Falcons that most people say was complete horseshit. I, I meant to watch it today before, but I forgot if I'm being honest. It is. Uh, it is. That was horseshit. That was horrible. That one was. I didn't, I didn't see horseshit. it. So that one was really shitty. And then before the show started, I was telling Tim about this Chris Jones hit because Tim didn't see it. Um, but for those of you that didn't see it, Chris Jones is a defensive lineman for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He was sacking. Derek Carr while he was sacking him and I'll explain it for the best I can for podcast listeners. And I'll, I'll try to show you the best I can for the people watching at home. He got his left arm around Derek Carr, like you would for a sack, but his right arm, he was able to strip the football. So his right arm is literally tucking the football from Derek Carr's hands into his own. So he is now in possession of the ball, like a good intercept or a good fumble recovery. He then starts falling because he has the ball now and falls on top of Derek Carr the referees say that is a sack with uh, applying all of your weight onto the quarterback. <laughs> Roughing the passer, ball back to Las Vegas, plus 15-yard penalty. The fans in Kansas City, I thought, were going to fucking riot. I don't know if you were watching, but how loud that bullshit chant was was incredible. I mean, that stadium's loud anyways in general. That's crazy. They were furious. Even the, I think, Troy Aikman, he had a comment that people were, uh, quote-unquote, up in arms about he's on the hot seat. Now they're saying he has to, he's probably gonna have to come out and apologize. He said the NFL PA and the referees need to get together and they need to start letting the guys play and let them take their dress off or something like that. So because <laughs> off, everyone's pissed off. They're up in arms. They're saying he's sexist. You know, Troy Aikman has to apologize and donate to a charity or whatever the fuck, you know how it goes. Um, but he's not wrong. That's such a bullshit call. As you can see right there, that picture right there looks like a typical tackle in football. Am I right? Yeah, and, and he didn't come down hard on him at all. No, and all the while, what you can't see from this angle is Chris Jones is possessing the football like a running back. 
He just still has his arm around Derek Carr because what else is he going to do with it? He's trying to hold on to the football. And it's also really hard to like in a split second, you see the still frame picture. So of course it looks easy, but in a split second, when he's ripping the ball, his intention is to, to sack Derek Carr. He doesn't 100% know he's going to come away with the ball. So you have to follow through with your tackle. So right. he's taking a tackle, stripping a football, falling over because he's a big man. That's what his job is, is to tackle people and fall over. And he gets a penalty for it. Just fucking he's, absurd. He's just cuddling him right here, telling him nice, sweet things that he's going to, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. And bringing him softly to the ground. That's all he's that's doing. Friends, bro hugging. Bro, it's a bro hug. I like that. It's a good ass like option. He's just hey, buddy. Yeah, this protect this protecting of the quarterback thing this year is becoming a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I just think football in the whole is becoming flag. Like, I mean, it's becoming like a a, a non contact sport. It is like, at this point. Like, I mean, they I understand protecting the players um, to the fullest. However, um, you know, they are trained to you know be able to wrap up whoever the ball carrier is. Right. And I mean, I, I, I can understand quarterbacks aren't meant to be destroyed, but at the same time, they're on the field too to get hit. Right. So what's the difference between Derek Carr, who's dropping back in the pocket, understands a sack could come at any second, taking a sack like he did. You're going to protect him over a guy who, let's say a wide receiver runs a route, has to turn his back, jump in the air, stretch out, and gets fucking laid out by a safety. And if he gets him hit in the middle, they'll say, completely legal, no problem. He gets hit in the knee, blows his knee out. They'll say, legal hit, completely fine. Quarterback, you touch him in the leg, penalty. You fall on the quarterback, penalty. How is that the case for other guys? They don't get that same kind of protection. Running backs get destroyed every That's my favorite thing about NFLs. If if you're a quote-unquote runner, you're allowed to get fucking hit right in the head. They don't care. They're like, he was a runner, so you're allowed to hit him in the head like that. The fucking rules that they make for people and their CTE and shit like that to cover it up, it makes no sense to me. I don't it's understand the NFL. One simple, one simple answer. It's what is the most marketable position on a team? Sure. A and quarterback. One that people had mentioned, too, that I didn't even really take into consideration. A lot of people said they think the NFL referees are cracking down on, on hurting quarterbacks because of Tua. This is their way to kind of make up for it and go, no, no, no. We do care about the quarterbacks and the health of the quarterbacks. So they're going to do this for a couple of weeks. They're going to get they're going to get people to forget about the Tua situation. They're going to get them pissed, pissed off at the refs. And then the, the NFL is going to move forward like nothing happened. But this is just their way of covering it up. Put the blame on somebody else. Get the fans pissed off at other people. It's I mean, that, ex- that explains that roughing the passer that we got uh, with Brissett because he really wasn't that wasn't roughing the passer. Which one? Either, but- yeah, on Sunday where we got the the play close to the end zone, I think it was. Like oh yeah, 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 I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't that wasn't roughing the passer, but yeah, I'll take it. Every game for the most part, there's a really shitty roughing the passer call that I don't understand how the NFL can can let people get away with that. It needs to be reviewable. They said that on Monday Night Football, and I completely agree. Yeah, I agree. I, I think like like what Tim was saying, put flags on them. If you don't want to get them tackled, just put a flag on them. If they ripped a flag out, he sacked. Uh, Devontae Adams. Pushed a helpless cameraman, and he is now he was charged with misdemeanor assault in Kansas City by the police. Hey, you're a raider got got charged with something. That's that's impossible. I know he actually just they actually gave him a raise after that happened. <laughs> there's a, there's a raiders bingo card right there. You must get a charge against you this year. Boom. I mean, it. I saw the video a hundred times from every different angle. It was just a piece of shit move by Devontae Adams. Oh, it absolutely was. You're yeah. frustrated. The guy got in your way. You don't push him over, though. Come on, dude. Be a professional. 
it's one thing had the cameraman just like walked into him and Adams was looking somewhere else because Adams is a big guy. You know, you get knocked in. He falls that's what other people said. People were like, all right, this guy walked right in front of him. What do you expect him to do? And everyone's like, if somebody cuts in front of you, do you your instincts are to push somebody? That's not how real life works. Like if you if he bumped into him with his chest and the guy fell over, which happens a million times. I was watching the, uh, the London game between the Packers and Giants. No bullshit. I think at least three times I saw guys holding those fucking sound things, those big, those big uh, domes, smashed by fucking players. But those guys <laughs> smash into them, knock them over. They're really nice. They try to help them up. Everybody makes sure they're okay. Devontae Adams straight up just fucking pushed that guy over. Like, there's no denying what happened. That was just yeah. He he move. he legit paused and then pushed. Like there was a pause, acknowledgement, push. Yeah. Again, if he bumped into the guy because he was jogging in the locker room, the guy fell over. Devontae Adams actually tried to pick him up or something and be nice and say like, "Hey, I'm really sorry." Totally different story. He literally saw him and was like, "Fuck you," pushed him over and just kept going. Yep. <laughs> Piece Crazy. of shit move. All right. You suck. I think it would be hilarious if he goes to jail. It's not going to happen, but it'd be really fucking funny to me. <laughs> it's time for my glorious comeback. Let's do week six picks. The current score. I have it here. 49, 29 and one for old JG. Oof. And of course, our senior member, Kyle Price, 55, 23 and one. You can't just say our glorious leader of this picks. You have to throw in the insult of senior leader, huh? Okay. It's early. You're winning for now. I mean, it doesn't matter. The score score changes. This is like the longest game of basketball ever. The score is going to keep changing. (laughs) You're up for a little bit. It doesn't make you the champion in mid-season. We're not even at mid-season. So how do you want to do this? You want me to pick every every game I'll pick first and you pick second? Or you want me to go through my entire picks and you'll go back through your entire picks? Uh, no, I'll just let you make the pick first. I'll lead into all the games and everything, so we're on the same page. And then, uh, yeah, you just you give yours first. Okay, all right. Okay. Go ahead. Shitty-ass Thursday night prison inmate game, the Commanders against the Bears. I, uh, I'll be watching the Guardians game, so take it away, Kyle. Yeah, so honestly, I think uh, Carson Wentz's entire ego is just crushed right now, and this guy's not going to fucking even try on Thursday. But, yeah, give me the Bears on Thursday night in this really horrible game. Chicago. Ooh, this is tough. This is tough. I it's I a pick up game too with the uh, with Vegas as well. I know. I I have to stick with my gut. I have to go with the home team. So I too am going to take the Bears. Okay. Because this is a a toss game. I don't just want to pick the other team to be opposite of you because it's not a good strategy for somebody to just pick the opposite. Um, but I do think I, I got to go with the Bears in this one. The Bears. 49ers at Falcons. To me, this one. Should be an easy pick for Kyle, and I don't really think there's much debate for either of us. Yeah, give me the 49ers in this one, absolutely. Same here. You sure you don't want to roll with those Falcons, buddy, just to take a chance? I'm all set. I've seen enough. <laughs> I saw what they did to us, and the Niners are a little bit of a better team, so I'm going to go with the Niners. Uh, next up, you have the New York football Jets against the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, give me the Packers in this one. I, I, I Me mean, as well. Me as well. I think it's going to be – it might be a closer game than we both think, but, yeah, I think the Packers take it. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I hope the Jets lose, and I do hope it's in a heartbreaker. But I also want it to be a blowout because if it's a heartbreak loss, then my Jets fans are still going to have things to be encouraged about and be like, we oh, played, played well against you. Yeah, were neck yeah. and neck with Aaron Rodgers. So I hope it's a blowout so I can just talk shit and laugh at them all day. That would really make me happy. Uh, <laughs> Kyle's Jacksonville Jaguars against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, give me the Jags again. I think the, they, should, they should beat the Colts easily. Absolutely. Colts are fucking trash. They really are. I also saw Jonathan Taylor's still not practicing, so that makes me... If they had Jonathan Taylor, I would probably think... I would 
debate between this pick, but without Jonathan Taylor, I cannot pick the Colts. No, I just can't do it. I have to go with the Jags as well. So far, we haven't had anywhere I have to pick. Opposite. <laughs> like, it's not even that close, really. Uh, Vikings, Dolphins. Again, the Dolphins are going with their backup quarterback here. Uh, should be a pretty easy pick, I would think. Yeah, I think the Vikings take this one. No Tua, yeah. no win. Give me the Vikings. I concur. Next up, Cincinnati against the New Orleans Saints. Battle of what the fuck with these two teams. A battle of what the fuck indeed. I almost was. I almost went with the home team here, but I think since he takes this one, I think uh, Joe back down to Nolans again. I think he's going to have a nice little game for him. Give me the Saints. Oh, we we got the first one. We got the first one. My thought process on taking the Saints here: uh, a hometown team or home team. Uh, I think you have some people that are going to want to prove that Joey uh, Joe Burrow. He's having his nice little homecoming, and they're going to try to put a fucking nice little emphasis on that being a shitty game for him. The New Orleans Saints defense is pretty good. I know they didn't look at last week against Geno Smith and the Seattle uh, Seahawks, but their defense is okay. Offensively, whether it's Taysom Hill or whether it's uh, uh, Jameis Winston, I think they're kind of finding a groove. I mean, they put up 39 points last week. Uh, the Bengals, I don't even know what to make of this team. They, they, they don't have an identity offensively. Jamar Chase has been able to get shut down for the most part. Um Joe Mixon's a non-entity. They're not even running the ball. Their offensive line's still terrible. And I think the New Orleans Saints defensive line is going to really make life difficult for Joe Burrow on Sunday. So give me the Saints. All right. There's one. Ravens at Giants, the surprising four and one Giants. I feel you want to take the Giants here. I really do. But give me the Ravens in this one. I think uh, I think Baltimore takes this one. I think I do not want to take the Giants. I don't I think... believe the Giants. They <laughs> need to prove it to me. So no, I'm taking the fucking Ravens, no question about it. Okay. I thought I set uh, you up there a little bit. Damn it. It's one of those things where, like, the yes, the Giants are four and one. Yes, they did just beat the Packers, who also don't really have an identity right now. I'm still not confident enough to take them. I don't think they're a real contender. I don't I think they're a pretender. So I can't justifiably take the Giants. I don't have that kind of confidence. I, th- I think Daniel Jones is trying to go for the rushing title against his running back right now this year. I mean, they're the number one rushing team in football because that's all they can do. They're all their half their wide receivers are on the IR and they still find ways to score and win games. It's kind of in- impressive, honestly, what Dayball is doing with that team. But I still don't think it's going to be enough to beat the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. So give me them. Buccaneers at Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't even think Kyle needs to go first in this one. I'll start Tampa Bay. Pretty fucking yeah. obvious, I think, this one. I, no, I, no matter what, I don't fucking pit Pittsburgh anyways, so I don't care. Yeah, and I mean, Pittsburgh's terrible. There's a good chance I never pick them again this year. They're one of the worst teams in football, so I love it. That leads not into that, another easy pick, right? Yeah, I would actually say so. Without Baker Mayfield, not that he really makes much of a difference, but you have a freshly fired head coach. You've got P.J. Walker making a start for Carolina. Going up against a Rams team who's, you assume, going to play pissed off and going to kind of remedy what they've been dealing with. Um, Carolina's Close defense. They're at home, too, yeah. So. They fired their defensive coordinator, even though they actually have a pretty good defense, which I found kind of strange. But uh, with that being said, I think that's too much turnaround in one week. You're going against the defending champions. It's not like you're facing, you know, the fucking – I'm looking at the, the thing here. I don't even know who to pick. The Giants. You're not facing some average team or whatever. You're facing – the defending Super Bowl champions, a Super Bowl winning head coach in, in Sean McVay. So give me the Rams here. This one's pretty simple. I think we're both going to pick them. Yeah, I am. And I heard that they fired the defensive coordinator because he's friends with the head coach, Matt Rules. That's why they got him out of there too. Yeah, but I mean, usually they would fire – you clean house in the offseason, so you would start right. off 
player, the head coach, you you get well, your. That's just how poorly ran that organization is, though. That's that's you know whatever. Because now not only do you have to take a coach away from his current spot to then be the head coach, you're now taking another coach away from his spot to be the defensive coordinator. And I don't know if the defensive coordinator was also a specific positions coach, but then you might have lost right. him in another room. So you really just kind of fuck with the whole flow of everything. And you're only at week five. I feel like that's too much. Head coach, totally understood. Matt Rule's time in Carolina was was due for an end. So my only thought is maybe they sat all the coaches down, talked to them and said, if we fire Matt, do you want to stay on this team? And the defensive coordinator maybe said, no, if he goes, I go. Maybe that's what happened. That, that kind of makes okay. sense. Otherwise, I don't understand why they would do that. I feel like that creates too much turmoil, too much turnaround in one week midseason. Um, if they were on a bye week, maybe that would make sense because then you get two more weeks to get everybody acclimated together. But doing it on a quick week, going up against the defending Super Bowl champions, spells disaster for the Carolina Panthers for me. I said they might get lucky. You think so? This is one of those games where everybody's going to count them out. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised about that either because you have a Rams team who's playing like shit. They know their backs against the wall. They're in-house fighting. You got guys like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. They're hotheads on the same team. They suck. They just got embarrassed by Cooper Rush. Now you're going up against the P.J. Walker. You kind of think, take this game lightly. Then you show up and the Panthers kick some ass. I would so like to Tim's, see it. Tim's taking the Panthers. Is that what I heard there? Okay. He's, I think he's trying to bait me. Watch the Panthers win, and he's going to look me look at me next week and be like, you should have taken the point, you fucking idiot. I told you. But unfortunately, I can't change it. I got to stick with my gut. I'm going with the Rams. But if the Panthers win, I'm going to start going to Tim every week. Like, who, who, who are you feeling this week, buddy? Just give me your idea before I write it down. Give me your thoughts. It's like the celebrity shot in beer pong. You're going to Tim for the celebrity yeah, answer. I like it. Really quick here, everybody. Let him sub in for me. Um, next up. Another battle of the birds. You have the Cardinals against the Seahawks, the NFC West. Who you got? Yeah, I think, I mean, <laughs> I, I Cardinals take this one, I believe. I think it's going to be a win for the Cardinals. But, I mean, I would not be fucking surprised to see the Seahawks win this one. But I, I got to take the Cardinals. Give me the Hawks. Oh, we got another one. Seattle's offense somehow is the number one offense in football. I don't understand it. The Cardinals, I've seen enough of them where they struggle offensively. So I feel like if Seattle can kind of stall their offense for a couple of drives, make them punt, make Kyler Murray make some bad decisions, they could pull away with this one. Going with Seattle at home. I guess he like it. Me and Tim, I didn't even see. I'm I'm connected now. We have like ESP. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even. In, I'm out of the studio one fucking week, and you two over there making love behind the scenes. Okay. That's called bonding. That's just what happens. I love it. I'm going with the Hawks on this one. I'm having very confident. Now we go to arguably the game of the week, a potential AFC championship preview. I, uh, I feel like no matter who I pick here, you're going opposite because it's a coin toss game. I, I really don't know who I want to pick here. Uh, we have of course, right. the Bills and the Chiefs. Give me the fucking Bills in this one. I, I think the Bills are just too goddamn good. Um, it's going to be a great game, though. I think it'll be a shootout. And it's always been a shootout with these two, but give me the Bills. Kansas City. Here, here it goes. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. This is the first time in his career he is a home underdog in his 41 starts or something like that I read. This is the first time he's been an underdog at home. Um. You think he's going to light the fire under his ass or something? No, I just saw a lot of them from them on uh, on Monday night. Don't get me wrong. They gave up a lot of big plays to Devontae Adams. Their defense was a little banged up. They're actually getting their number one, their first-round pick, who's a corner. Um, he's coming off the IR and projected to possibly play a little bit. That's going to help their secondary. Um, I also just think that the Chiefs kind of showed how to beat the Bills. Uh, the Bills' secondary is a little banged up. I think it's going to be a shootout. 
I think the Chiefs are going to find ways to stall uh, Josh Allen a couple times. They don't have a good run game. The the Bills, they do not run the ball at all, really. So I think there's a good chance if the Kansas City Chiefs can kind of contain Josh Allen, they're going to win this game. And being at home, I'm going with the home team. All right, so that's now three games we got different now. This could be a big week for you. I'm making my big comeback. It all starts today. Uh, next up, Cowboys and Eagles. I think we're going to have a difference of opinion on this one as well because I believe Kyle tipped his hand a little bit, uh, but I'll let him get us started. Give me those boys. Yeah, Cooper Rush in there, I think they they win again. Give me give me the Cowboys here. Oh, I, I hate to do it. I got to go with the Cowboys as well. I think this is the end. If the Eagles weren't undefeated, I'd, I'd be more confident in taking them. But I think they're, they're, the pressure of staying undefeated is kind of getting to them. They have struggled the last couple of weeks. They've kept. Yeah, some- last week was very interesting. That's I what mean, made me go to the Cowboys. They're not dominating games by any stretch. They're winning tight ones. And I just think the Cowboys, the Cowboys defense is playing on another level. Micah Parsons is looking like defensive player of the year. It's early, but he's looking like it. So I think that guy fucking getting to Jalen Hurts is going to really slow down their offense a little bit. And I think that their secondary can kind of contain um, whoever the fuck, I forgot their wide receiver, AJ, AJ, AJ Brown. Um, I almost wanted to call him Antonio Brown. And I'm like, that's not right. That's not <laughs> yeah, a he's off. He's that's off doing other shit. <laughs> yeah. He should be in jail. Uh, but yeah, I got to go with Dallas as well. So give me the cowgirls Monday night football, the shitty Denver Broncos taken on the should have lost Los Angeles chargers. Uh, go ahead and lead it off. I think this one's pretty easy for me. Yeah, give me the Chargers at home. Jesus, give me the Chargers. Man, I think be the Broncos suck. LAC, LAC. And now, ladies and gents, that gets us to, of course, New England Patriots. New England Patriots just got done shutting out the Detroit Lions a week ago. Bill comes to Cleveland, a little bit of a reunion, if you will as he used to be, of course, the head coach here for a cup of coffee back in the 90s. But he had a sweet-ass jacket, though, that orange button-up jacket. Carter, dude, that nice shit Very back nice. then. They don't make that stuff like that anymore. Oh, no, no. Who do you got, Kyle? So, man, I, I'm back and forth. I don't even have a team circle. That's why I'm back and forth. Yeah, give me the Browns. I'm I'm taking the Browns in this one. I I've I've got tickets to the game for Sunday, so I, I got to take the Browns. I'm really fucking torn. I honestly might not be able to make my pick till I have to talk some things out here. So give me a minute on my pick. Okay. Uh, part of me wants to go Browns just because I'm Therapy. a Brown. Therapy time. Let's talk it up. <laughs> At the same time, I don't want to go with the Browns because if I pick the Browns, like I did last week. They're going to fucking lose. I picked them to beat the Jets. I picked them to beat the Falcons. I believe I've picked the Browns to win every week so far this year. Yes. And obviously we're two and three. It's not going very well for me. So part of me wants to say, fuck it. I'm going to take New England and hope that I'm wrong. You're going to hope the Juju flips it around and we win That's now right. because you're you know how superstitious I am. And again, this goes oh, to, yeah. to, the, to the Guardians people out there that love to get mad at me when I talk bad about the Guardians. I, I believe in, I'm so superstitious. It's it's insane. I'll wear the same outfit if, if we win a game. I'll sit in the same spot. I have rituals that I'll do if, if teams are winning. I don't have any of those for the Browns this year because they haven't fucking consistently won. There is a specific hoodie that I've worn twice this year against the Falcons and against the Jets. I'm never wearing that fucking thing again. Let me just say that. That's how superstitious I am. <laughs> I, I I am that weird that I will not wear that thing. So for you, for those of you out home at, at home that get mad when I talk shit about teams, I'm doing it for a specific purpose. Um, the Browns though own 
they earn everything that I say. They are a shitty team right now, their defense especially. Um, special teams and defense look like complete ass. Let if me I, ask you, though, if Mac Jones was starting, was this even, was this even a debate? No, no, if Mac Jones was okay. starting. This was a loss when we did schedule game in the beginning of the season. This was a loss for sure. I had this and the Chargers game as losses, um, which is why I could have lived with it. But I had us losing to Pittsburgh and winning the other three games. So I, I did have us technically right now being three and three. So if we come away with this win against New England, we're right where I expected us to be with Deshaun Watson out. We would be three and three. Um, although knowing that we should be five and zero, oh, potentially moving to six and zero oh this week is what really twists that knife inside my gut um, as a Browns fan. But can't can't go in the past. Can't live in the past. You got to move forward. Uh, Bill Belichick was able to shut down the Detroit Lions. He was actually really able to slow down. Uh, Aaron Rodgers the week before, even with Brian Hoyer coming in for a little bit, they played really well against the, the, the Ravens a couple weeks ago. Also before Mac Jones got hurt, they went in with Bailey Zeppi and dominated the, the lions. They won or they played well with Bailey Zeppi against the Packers two weeks ago and held their own. <sighs> I would just fucking say it. You're talking yourself right into it. Lose. There's no way. Give me the Browns. I can't pick against my Browns. I just can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah here's the thing it's like i i know belichick's going to right that's like i keep banking on that like they have right. to figure it out yeah I, I i know belichick's going to just load the box and make make percent beat them i mean that's any smart coach is going to do that and this might be the first time we come against somebody who slows chubb down this year there was a stat i read the other day that that said uh running backs that face uh, the most stacked boxes in the NFL, meaning like they have like eight men in the box. Nick Chubb, one. Kareem Hunt, two. Defenses are stacking the box, and we're still one of the best rushing teams in football. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is still leading this offense to a top five offense. Again, just more credit to my boy, Kevin Stefanski. This guy. That, well, that's offensive line, too. I mean, give him a credit, credit there, too. He is scheming the offense yeah. to be. To, to be effective against this, where teams are doing everything in their power to stop that run game. They know you're going to run the ball and they can't do anything about it. So you're saying Stefanski is going to outsmart the uh, wizard on the other side? No, I think we're going to out-talent them. I think the okay. scheme-wise and all that's going to be okay. But I think with them going with Bailey Zeppi, they're going with the backup quarterback, young rookie, third string, realistically. Um, I just think he's going to make some mistakes on the road. I know they're going to try to limit his mistakes. They're going to try to pick apart the Browns defense. I like to hope that our defense is going to play accordingly. I don't think they're going to try to burn us deep. What they're going to do is they're going to do quick plays. They're going to do screens. They're going to do uh, quick slants. They're going to dink and, uh, excuse me, dink and dunk us. Hopefully Joe Woods has a defense prepared to stop that. They're going to try to run the ball a lot. They ran the ball a ton against Detroit and they know the Browns have one of the worst rushing defenses in football. So that's exactly what's going to happen. I don't think I'm breaking news to anybody. You know that's what they're going to do. Voting thing happening. That's showing up for you. I think you can still hear us. There's Kyle back. Yeah, here. I'm here now. I hear okay. you. Uh, yeah, I we saw heart- down to like one yeah. bar on the Wi-Fi there, so that must have been the internet. Had a heart uh, attack there for a second. Yeah, Kyle was just he was pulling a Bob Saget in his hotel room, and we we had to cut it away because we didn't want to show that to TMZ. <laughs> local podcast star found dead with head injury in. Yeah. Uh, R.I.P. 
yeah, I got to go with the Browns. I, I can't pick against them. I really like, I want to pick the, the, the Patriots just in, in terms of hoping I'm opposite. If yeah. I weren't my six picks, I probably would have done that if I had a couple picks to kind of fuck with. But since I don't, I can't just to be nice to the Browns cost myself a game. So I can't do it. Um, give me the Browns. Realistically, they should again, they should be five and oh, so they should be able to handle this Patriot team. We'll see what happens. What's, what's going on with David Bell this year, man? I mean, is it just not he's not being schemed to get to get the pass at him? I mean, like last week, I believe he only had like one reception and one target. So it's like, are we just not giving him the chance here or what? Um, I mean, he's out there. I'd have to look at, at total snaps. I mean, there's uh that that info gets tweeted out every week. They they tell you how many snaps each player takes at each each uh, side of the ball. Um, I'd really have to look at it and see what kind of snap count he's yeah. getting. But at the same time, I do think that we're just our offense is not designed to throw the ball that much. So realistically, it's a lot of tight end, a lot of Amari Cooper, and a sprinkle of DPJ. That's our offense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Schwartz isn't getting any passes his, his way. David Bell's not getting many balls thrown his way. Uh, it's just the way our offense is schemed. You, you're only thrown to a few guys, and it's clearly working. That's another thing that I thought about a lot this week, and I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm like picking on you and your take because I do agree that I'd like to see David Bell get more involved, but. Uh, people were saying, I forgot what show I was listening to. It was a different team. I think it was Kyle Pitts. People were complaining about Kyle Pitts and the head coach of the Falcons is like, I, I don't care about your guys' fantasy team. Like we're, we're out here trying to win. If a guy doesn't get a ball, a guy doesn't get a ball. Like it's just, it's, that's how it is. And it got me thinking about that too. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to see guys in the Browns get more involved, but at the same time, what we're doing is working. So I'm not going to question it. You know, it is sure. what it is. If anything, I look at it as a good thing of we're showing that we don't need a team with six great wide receivers on it or you know what you however many you know what I mean like you look at the Bengals they have Jamar Chase they have Tyler Boyd they have T Higgins they have these great wide receivers they have Joe Mixon they have a lot of talent and how's that working for them this year yes last year they got to the Super Bowl this year they're struggling you look at the Browns we have Amari Cooper DPJ David Bell on paper everybody and their brother said this team is going to suck this offense is going to be garbage you have Jacoby Brissett thrown to a bunch of nobodies or a top five offense albeit most of that credit goes to the rushing game. The passing game has still been very effective. So for me right now, if it ain't broke, I'm not questioning anything. I, I do agree with you. I'd like to see some of these guys get more involved, but at the same time, I don't want to force it. If what we're doing is sure. working, keep doing it. Sure. So, sure. Yeah. It also could be a testament. I don't watch the all 22. Um, maybe David Bell just isn't getting open. I, I'm really not sure. Um, I also know you're playing with a limited quarterback. You have Jacoby Brissett, who's not seeing the field as well as a, a Deshaun Watson would or, you know, any other great quarterback. So if Jacoby Brissett doesn't really see the field that well, I mean, clearly you saw that interception he threw against the Chargers. The guy does struggle to see the field uh, at, at certain times. the player standing right in front of him? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he didn't even see him. So do you think he's going to see David <laughs> Bell open on the left hash? I, I think not. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think what we're doing right now is working just fine, so I, I'm, I'm okay with not fucking with it. Um but yeah, I would like to see these guys get more involved, but I'm also not saying push it. I don't think, and I, right. I think another, I don't want to keep, you know, Pat and Kevin Stefanski in the back, but I do think that's a smart thing that he does also is he doesn't try to force things with the offense. It's call a safe play, be smart, move the ball. And that's why I yeah. love the guy. I love him yeah. so okay. much. Um, but yeah, I got to go with the Browns. I have to, uh, I think they're the better team. They should win a Score lot of predict. Uh, Let's go 27-21. No, 27-20. 27-20. Okay, that's good. Uh, give me 17-10, Browns. 
Oh, a low scoring game. I could see that as well, too. I just think I think Nick Chubb's going to break a couple things off. I saw another stat today that said uh, players in the NFL with 100 plus scrimmage yards in all five games. Do you want to know the list? Well, go ahead. Nick Chubb. (laughs) That's it. That's the whole list. He's the only player in the NFL with 100 plus yards from scrimmage every week this year. The only guy. That's it's crazy stat, man. I think the the NFL on Fox, they tweeted that out today and they put like uh, he's standing alone or something like that. And the literal the stat says players with 100 uh, scrimmage yards all five weeks. And it's just a picture of Nick Chubb. Literally the only guy who's done it. So I think we're going to continue to just ride Nick Chubb, sprinkle in a little Kareem Hunt, let this offense kind of mesh. We haven't seen any Ford yet this year, have we, other than the kick returns? Or even Johnson either. Nothing. No, Johnson, same thing. He returned some kicks. Uh, he made some good tackles on special teams. And that's that's, that's honestly the thing with the, with the Browns and with, with their scheme. On paper, yes, you do have Dearness Johnson and you have uh, Jerome Ford. But also, a huge complaint from people is that they're not giving Nick Chubb the ball enough because he's only getting 19 carries a game instead of 50, like most Browns fans would want. But again... Our offense is top five in the NFL. What else do you want? Why do you want to kill Nick Chubb? We're doing fine as is. Why do people just need Nick Chubb to touch the ball? I don't understand that argument. I I hear it all the time. And I can always tell it's from people that don't really, they don't really grasp football. It's a lot of guys that are like, hey, I didn't really watch the game, but I heard people say Nick Chubb should get the ball more. Yeah. And I'm like, why? You just want Nick Chubb to have the ball for the sake of Nick Chubb having the ball? I think our offense is doing just fine. I have no complaints. I think it's people who don't see him on the last drive sometimes of the play, of the game um, that feel that it's we should be giving him the ball the entire drive since he moves the ball so well to get in position to win, blah, blah, blah. I think that's the one thing that people look at. That's the lasting impression in their mind. Which I feel like I've been banging my head against the fucking wall for the last three seasons now because I've heard that arg- or that complaint from people for three seasons. Hey, and guys, Don't shoot the messenger, man. I'm just letting you know that's what it is. The audience. Audience listening at home, if you're a Browns fan and you're wondering why is Nick Chubb not on the field during two-minute offensive drives, because he fucking never has been. Kareem Hunt has always been our our two-minute drive back, always, because he's a good running back and he's a good pass catcher. Nick Chubb's a great running back, not a great pass catcher. Kareem Hunt, you want out there for that that kind of make the defense wonder. That's why Kareem Hunt has always been our two-minute offense running back, always. I hate when Browns fans are like, why isn't Nick Chubb on the field? Well, maybe because we need to go 70 yards in a minute and a half with no timeouts. Nick Chubb can't do much to help us there. You're not going to run the ball and waste 30 seconds to get maybe four yards. That's not how football works. Unbelievable. Bo. You had to get me fired up at the end. Bold predictions. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I forgot about bold predictions. Thank you, Tim. I'll, I'll throw mine out first. Sorry, right, I got to think of one. Sorry, give me Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush, four touchdowns. Okay. My boat. And I just and I just realized, Tim. I apologize. I could have clicked on the comment section here and saw all those comments you didn't put up. Look at that; it's weird. I put them all up. <laughs> what was oh, that? Go, go back and watch the tape. Tim's killing it. How dare you, Kyle? I mean, I'm just talking shit because I'm not there. He'd probably beat me up if I was there. Rightfully so. Ugh, Tim's got a bold prediction. I need him to say it before I can say mine because I still don't have one yet. Browns score 28 plus points in the first first half. Ooh, all right. 28 plus and a half. Woo. 
Um, then get close. And then we're then we're gonna lose. Yeah, sure, I understand that. And then we lose we lose thirty to twenty eight again two weeks in a row. I know how this story ends. That's for sure. Um, let me go with bold prediction. All right, here we go. Justin Fields throws three touchdowns tomorrow because Justin Fields is not known for throwing touchdowns. That's my bold (laughs) prediction. How's that? Is that a good one? I think that's pretty bold. I mean, against a shitty team, but okay, sure, I'll give it to you. You have the worst passing offense in football by a fucking mile. They, like, don't let Justin Fields throw the ball. So that's a bold-ass prediction. These bold prediction of yours are eh, this year. Three touchdowns, I said, specifically has to be passing. I like it. I like it. I think he has two passing touchdowns on the season. So three in a game is pretty fucking impressive for him at this point. I, I, I like it. I'll give it to you. Good bold predict. All right. That's going to just about do it for picks in the Browns. It is now time for just the tip. As always, we start with our very own Tim Buck too. take it away, my friend. And uh, I mean, I know you guys are probably tired of seeing this, but uh, um, I'm going to just the tip the comedy show again, man. I have to. Um, and and this is really because like I really want this show to do really well. Um, like it's a it's a great location, it's a great place to be able to do comedy. Um, and I you know, I I love I love comedy so much and I and I'm glad that I'm able to actually get to do this room. Um it is a silks, Sam Silks at uh in Maple Heights. It is a great 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 places has a nice uh nice stage a nice setup in the in the in the place it is totally amazing it is a great room for comics and i i want to blow off the roof i want everybody to be able to see me do this room and plus not just me but everybody in on this lineup um is amazing only person i haven't seen is nancy abraham um but everybody else are hilarious i haven't i'm not saying that she's not funny because i i just haven't seen her but uh, if she's on this card, I know she's funny because Rich Green put this card together and he is a great comedian. That's the guy next to me on the left. And above me is I am Chad. I am Chad is a fire comedian um, to be able to be on this lineup with all these people. Ulysses Dickerson, hilarious. Sidney Reed, Civ V216, hilarious. Milton Wiley, oh, hilarious. Uh, these are mostly veteran comics. Um, so to get this type of of lineup for only ten dollars a ticket and then they got five dollar five dollar long islands 50 50 raffle like this show this show is gonna be a great show it's coming up in two sundays um two you know two weeks from now um and and i know i know for a fact that everybody will enjoy this show for this especially for this price it's a great price they got great food great drinks great service um in, and it's an early show compared to some other shows. Usually they start a little later. It starts at seven. Doors will come in, open at six, come in, get your food ordered, um, get ready for a great show. Um, and if you you miss this show, I promise you, everyone will be you will be upset because everybody that, that goes is gonna tell you how awesome this show is. So please come out to Silks on the 23rd of October, uh Funny Sundays. Featuring I am Chad as the headliner, Nancy Abraham, Ulysses Dickerson, myself, Timbuktu, Sydney Reed, Milton Wiley. If you need tickets, let me know. Hit me up. Um, I have tickets. Um, and you know, we could definitely have a good time. Hell yeah, everybody. Check out Timbuktu doing comedy. Support our show. You guys came out for us at Lucy's. Go out for Tim. Support him at Silks on the 23rd. That should be sick. 
I'm gonna try hey, to get I just realized that Tim was actually in that photo talking. I was like, why is that photo fucking moving? And I, I love look it. in and I saw it was you. I'm like, damn. Like a moving flyer. Like it came to life. I love it. I love it. It's I, amazing. Uh, yeah, the Browns, uh, the Browns play the Ravens that day. And assuming we don't upset me enough to where I drink too much, I'm going to try to get to that show, Tim. So you can get tickets at the door. You can get tickets at the door. But if you're going to come, just send me, send me money because I'll get credit for it. Deal. Okay. Sounds good. I'll hit you up. Hell yeah. I think I'm going to try to make it out to that. So everybody, let's let's do that. Let's support Tim Buck too. Uh, that should be perfect. I mean, the Browns game will be over. It's one o'clock game. Uh, doors are at six. So you got a couple hours to get yourself together and head over to Silk. So let's check that out. Support Tim. Absolutely, man. Now it is Kyle's turn. So I had to make a lovely three-hour drive to Fort Wayne. So I get in the car. I wanted to put on a podcast I've not listened to. So I was going through top 10 podcast out there right now I came across this one um it's called it's podcast of stuff you should know and their episodes are anywhere from 15 minutes up to an hour and they go over the just the, the weirdest shit like um how does lsd work um you know the origin like the origins of breakfast where it came from you know what's inside silly string cans they talk about the 10 cent beer night in cleveland um they, they talk about like why bottled water is bad and stuff i mean it's there's like a there's a shit ton of episodes and they just hit on the most random shit that while you're listening to it, you're like, huh, I should have known that. And it's true. You stuff you should know. Right. Um, but it's it's a it's a good listen, especially if you're just trying to kill time for me was driving today. Um, check it out. You can pick anyone you want to listen to. There's the topics are in the headlines of the episodes. So if there's something that catches your fans, you're like, yeah, I'm going to take a listen to that. It's a 20 minute episode. Why not? It's, it's really interesting. The back and forth. The history, the knowledge that they have is pretty cool. The one that caught my opinion to my my ear today was really cool. They were talking about uh, sim, uh, film filmography over the years and how it's changed, um, how films are made, like starting back with the motion picture to Citizen Kane to how certain movies are shot and how each of these movies changed how the movies after them were made, like Toy Story, how Toy Story um, affected 1995, how all the animation movies past that really, really had to step up their game because of how good it was done. So it's just, it's a good, it's a good podcast. Uh, you ever get a chance to take a listen? It's, it's, you can find it in all the podcast channels. I would say just about everything you said, I was spot on with. You were like, you know, stuff you should know. I just love that you started off by saying, hey, they teach you how LSD works. I love that that's considered like, a, yeah, that's something everybody should know how LSD works. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm 33. <laughs> I have honestly have no fucking idea how LSD works technically. Right. I guess. I'm going to have to it's, check that out and see what it's, that it's is. It's an interesting podcast. Like I said, it's one of those things where I wouldn't say start from the beginning, but skim through and see what topics catch your fancy. Take a listen and listen to it. It's quite, it's pretty interesting stuff. Sounds good. I will check that out. I do like a good podcast. Now, my just a tip is one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, the Wonder Years, they are up there neck and neck with Blink 182 is one of my favorite bands. I love this band so much. Um, I won't get into all the details, but. Basically, all their every year that the Wonder Years, every time they put on a new album, it's always had songs that resonate with me. I, for whatever reason, I'm a weirdo. I like songs that are kind of sad and can be depressing. And I think that's just a testament to life. So I think they have songs that are very real and honest, and it makes you realize, like, holy shit, this, like, you, you feel it. You feel their songs, at least I do personally. Um, and sure enough, they, of course, put out an album this year. And as you can see from the picture there, you might not be able to tell, but it's a reflection. And it's of like a, a child because this song is about the lead singer who had his uh, first child. And it's the, it's basically an album about like being a father and like how scary it can be mixed in with other things that they cover. But that's like the main like gist of this album is him becoming a father and fatherhood. And obviously for me, it didn't go as we had hoped, but 
this year knowing I was going to be a father. And then this album came out at the same exact time before, of course, the, you know, the other shit happened, uh, really connected me with this album. And then the whole thing came out a couple weeks ago and it was just, it's a beautiful album. Really great. I love this band so much. Um, this came out on the 23rd, I think a couple of Fridays ago. So check it out it is the wonder years, seventh studio album. It is called the hum goes on forever. Uh, fantastic album, fantastic band. If you've never heard of them before, check out all their albums and all their stuff. Um, they just progressively got better and better with every album and, and made great, catchy, relatable songs. I love this band. I forever will. Uh, and their new album is my tip of the week because I have to support my favorite bands. And that's what you do. Awesome. And with that being said, go Guardians. We here at Talking About Balls wish you all adieu. Thank you for listening. And without further ado, okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the latin thank you everybody <laughs>